Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, getting better. Uh, I am slowly getting better from being sick. I'm recovering, so please forgive me for my voice. But I'm joined in sickness by Kelsey Lewin. <laughs> yeah, I'm also sick, so sorry about how I sound, and sorry I'm on the floor of my childhood bedroom. <laughs> there was a desk in here, and there's no longer a desk in here, I discovered, so... Okay, everything's being sold off piecemeal. Do you have any, like, good old childhood treasures in the house, like, since you're the host uh, of Collector Corner and all? Yeah, probably, I mean, like, yearbooks and stuff. Like, okay. I'll have to look around, but I'm sure Let's I've got something haircuts. in here. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. need that at some point. Uh, also joined by the peak of health, Kyle Hilliard. Hello. I feel like I don't sound very healthy, but I feel great. Interesting. What's going on? Uh, joined by Janet Garcia as well. Hello. Hang on. Kelsey, she's trying to show something to the screen, but the internet I, connection's a little rough. Oh, it's cute. <laughs> is that baby Kelsey? I found... That's baby Kelsey. This is uh, my Girl Scout troop uh, in 1999. <laughs> that's <adorable>. Yep. <laughs> that's perfect. All right, that's... Um, uh, oh, it's just drawings. It's not... Although, here's a, here's a wonderful drawing that I did. <laughs> wow. These, is that the scale? <laughs> you went to uh, Roblox yeah, yeah, for Roblox existed. Yeah. I don't know why my hands are, are brown, but, you know? Yeah. Can you still do Girl Scout skill things? Like, could you, like, you know, whittle something if you need to? Escort the elderly? You know, we didn't learn any of that stuff. Oh, that's I could sell you some cookies. Hell yeah. Yeah, I Important. could sell you all those thin mints. Oh yeah. Uh, Sarah Pazorski's here as well. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Do you have any cute memorabilia behind you? I, I mean, pretty much everything, but I don't think anything is from my childhood. Yeah. All right. We'll These all are all toys them. that I collected in adulthood. <laughs> like real people, Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, I had all right. This bear that I had when I was a kid. All right. Hey, that's really something. Fast. That's really not bad. I'll take it. Uh, on this, I episode. have my old Game Boy Advances. One of them is my sister. Don't tell her I stole it. <laughs> I think we should all wait. Like five seconds, have Ben get halfway through his sentence and then just interject yeah, and then interrupt him again. <laughs> That's what you get for packing a lot of people on the podcast. I'm excited about this episode of the podcast because uh, last week we packed a ton of people on, and this week we're also rotating through and packing damn near everybody on again. So uh, we have a lot to cover. We're talking about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, we've all been playing the it. We'll unpack it. That's right. I didn't know that. Well, come on, man. We can take a break. <laughs> right. You can go play the other one. Uh, then we're going to be talking about Marvel's Midnight Suns, the new game from the XCOM team over there at Firaxis. Then we're talking about... I'm Sarah, I'm excited about this. Uh, Sarah's going to be talking about Tactics Ogre Reborn, and I think she's going to really open up her brain and let us know how smart she is, because this is a smart person game, and I'm very happy that is you're playing it? it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I thought it was a fashion game. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> uh, then Jacob Keller's going to be joining us. Leo Vader's going to be joining us. We have a lot of other stuff to talk about as well. And then back after the show, we have a ton of great community questions where Sarah's sister might come up once more. So the front end, end of the show. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, hey, just She's a reminder. She's the show. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to this. Happy Thanksgiving if you're in the States and you're watching or listening to this very early. Just a reminder. We are, I would say, dangerously close. We are about 100 new supporters away on Patreon from hitting our new Patreon goal of streaming a cozy holiday feast. So as you're gathering with the family and eating Thanksgiving meals and you're thinking, you know what, I would like to see 
um, the MinMax crew do this in their studio, and I would like uh, a lot of wine to be consumed and a lot of good food to be had and merriment by all, and then it'll turn sour and we'll all start arguing with each other, I'm sure, after the first bottle of wine. But you can help make that happen by supporting MinMax on Patreon at the $2 tier. If you've liked any of our content recently, uh, the big Thanksgiving Jokeathon, which is up on YouTube and in the bonus podcast feed, the deepest dive on God of War Ragnarok, if you want to compete in Trivia Tower, which is coming up Monday, uh, November... 28th, you can jump in at that $2 tier and help us hit that goal. We would greatly appreciate it. All right, Pokemon, everybody. Bring out your Pokemon. We got a new one. Um, this is this is the crew, in addition to Kyle now, uh, that did the deepest dive in Pokemon Legends Arceus. So it's fun to, to have this at the beginning and ending of the year. But Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is out. Just trying to get a frame of reference for everybody where we're at. Um, how much have you played, Kelsey? Um... I've got like three badges and two titans and one one secret base star base. So I don't know. Like I, I'm it. I'm getting there, but I'm not like super far in. Okay, no, that's perfect. Kyle, you've played a lot, right? Not really. I one badge, one titan. Um, okay. Yeah, so less than Kelsey. Okay, but you, you know, can sound happier to, about to it. get in there. All right, see what it's like. Sarah, you just did one stream of this thing. I did, but I have been playing it since. I've also got two Titans, two badges. But mostly I've just been, like, stuck and lost. Lost? In I don't know. I'm finding game. it kind of difficult to, like, find my... Like, I'm finding it difficult to traverse. So my um, advice, because I was feeling the exact same way, is uh, do some Titans, because they give you, like, more yeah. abilities to traverse. Like, I just got the ability oh. to swim, and all of a sudden, everything's not so hard anymore. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's that's my next goal is just yeah. do a bunch of the Titans. Well, I've been was, really I leaning on start... the backwards jump that you can do. Like if you turn your lizard around oh, and jump, you can like backwards skyward horse up rocks, which is probably <laughs> why I'm getting stuck so much. Right. Um, but God, it's just so easy. Yeah. But I, I did have that moment. I didn't understand that that's what the Titans rewarded you with. Where I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go up to the badges, and then I went up a hill, and there were like rocks rolling down me, and and then you know I did the fight and stuff, and then it's like, oh, now you can swim. I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna drop everything for the Titans now. I don't need badges. Oh, interesting. <laughs> no. Okay, so that first big break out of the city, they go to the east or the west. Was it go to the east? Is that what it is to go to the first like, Titan? And I stuff? went west to oh. get badges, but right. I came across a Titan just exploring. Oh, interesting. So everything in this game rewards you in some way, which is, I think, why it's so effective as a Pokemon game. I mean, I'm sure we will get into all the problems this game has, but yeah. um, the huh? sort of what? like, what no matter happening? what, <laughs> the sort of like, no matter what you're doing, you're making progress thing is really good in this. Um, so like badges you still need because, um, that's how Pokemon up to like a certain level will obey you just like in the old games. And then, yeah, the Titans will give you, um, will give you like better ways to get around the world. And I just finished a star base and I forget what it did. Um, it did something. Oh, I got a ton of TMs unlocked. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, Hey, Janet, uh, (laughs) you're involved as well. How much have you been playing? Um, I feel like I've done, I did like four hours on stream and then like, a couple hours outside of that, but I haven't okay. done any of the Titans, any of the badges, any of the. I've just been out there living in the world and just kind of roaming around. I'm I'm finally about to take on. I think my first gym, just because it's like nearby. I'm like, okay, let me just. Who are you? Let me grab the opposite. Throw that on my team. So I'm working on doing that, and I haven't executed that yet. But that's my next step. I have seen that some of the Titan battles though, because 
my whole family's playing. It's like the only game that everyone will buy and play at the same time. That's like cute. So um, I've seen my sister-in-law play. She's like further along. So I saw her do like a bunch of Titan battles. I saw like my Pokemon evolve all the way because I saw hers already evolve. So I'm mm. like, I guess this is almost like experiencing it myself. Not really. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, I, I am I am the earliest in this game. I have not had that much time to dive in. Um, I, I still have yet to have the magic of this game kick in because if I may paint with a broad brush seems to be this is about what we've always wanted, but it's a monkey's paw situation because boy, it, it, it ain't running. Is that where you're at roughly, Kelsey? Yeah, I think that's that nails it. It's like this. They really figured it out and they did not figure out how to actually make a video game. Well, also, it's like, <laughs> I would love to know, like the most talented development team in the world. Who knows who it is at this point? Kyle, who is it at this point? Do you think? Sony Santa Monica. Let's say Sony Santa Monica. Could they have made this thing run better on the Switch? Like everyone likes yes. to point fingers. Oh. Yes, they could have. I mean, that's, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So Monolith, yeah, if they're the greatest developers in the world, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but this thing is, yeah, the Switch hardware is getting long in the tooth and Game Freak has never been technically the most proficient studio, not really the biggest development team, which I'm sure is a gigantic part of it. And then it is the obvious takeaway of right when they announced this game and everybody said, what are you talking? Uh, Legends Arceus just came out in January. How can they possibly crank this out in time? And the answer is, Maybe they needed some more time after all. If I could go back in time yeah. and sacrifice Arceus for a better Scarlet and Violet, I would do it in a heartbeat. Wait, really? I would yeah, do it in a heartbeat. Too. Yeah. I think I would too. Yeah. Whoa, and whoa, I really whoa. liked <laughs> Arceus. Like, yeah. I really liked that game, but I think I would too. That's really interesting because I'm certainly going into it. Like, I really loved Arceus. And in this game, it's like, ah, it's not quite Arceus. I don't know. It kind of artistically, it's fallen a little bit flat for me visually and everything. And then just having those moments early on of like, okay, it's not Arceus. Like, I loved being able to walk around and throw a Pokeball in Arceus. I love being able to run around with a character in combat. Arceus just felt so much more active. Yeah. I mean, you can do that, to be clear. You can throw a Pokeball. It's different, obviously. Well, it's to well, battle, though. you can't though. throw a Pokeball yeah. to yeah. catch it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I do yeah. wish it had brought back. Mm -hmm. Like I something that um, and the reason I, you know, we were talking before, like recording the podcast and I mentioned like, was Ben right? I think I'm finally starting to turn to the dark side of Ooh. is Pokemon bad? Wait, okay, so what? hear me out. So I, I played on stream and I I loved the game on stream. Like I was having a really fun time. I didn't run into too many performance issues um, just because I was really early on. And I'm like, yep, it's cool. There's fi still standing Fido, Doe Dog, mm, amazing. Mm, mm. Um, I named him Cinnabon. He's my best friend. I'm yeah. having a blast. Then I like sit down later to play, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll go around and catch him because it's cool to collect him. And I love like some, a lot of aspects of things they've done in this game. But one thing that really is starting to frustrate me at this point is how many times they'll be like, "Hey, we have a new game. Um, here's like." you know, th three reworked ideas and seven kind of newish ideas or new takes. And like of those seven, like five of them are really good. And then sure. the new game, they're like, we only kept one of the really good ones. And then we brought this new other thing. And I'm like, what happened to the other stuff that like, sometimes stuff carries over, like the ability to see, you know, Pokemon in the overworld, the removal of random encounters for the most part. They've definitely made strides, but every now and then they have like this really good idea and they're just like, that was last year. And now we're not just not doing that. And I and yeah, like I, things like that have frustrated me. I also think there's a lot of stuff that 
is not as fleshed out as it could be even just from a mechanical standpoint like the act of having a school that should be the coolest thing in the world right. instead it's like oh these are just elaborate tutorials that don't give you almost yep. anything we spent 20 minutes in school 20 yes. minutes and i didn't even have to go to class yeah as it was building up i like, oh, didn't this go is to class be... and the next day they were like get out it's summer break and i'm like wait <laughs> i haven't even been to class yet yeah i thought it was gonna be like pokemon hogwarts and it's like all right i'm gonna go mm-hmm. to biology class and the biology teacher's like yeah, you press a ZR out there to have your Pokemon run around. It's like, this is biology? What's happening here? And then he was like, oh, but you're not allowed to let your Pokemon run around indoors? False. Why do I keep seeing Pokemon indoors? Okay? <laughs> but I can't bring my Pokemon out indoors? You're not a double standard. To. Right, right, Speaking right. of doors, too, there's not a lot of, and I haven't gone to a lot of towns, but again, my sister's played more, um, and she's like, you know, there aren't as many, like, buildings to go into in this one, like, residential. Yeah. And like, where are like anything. the little side quests of like, you know, someone who's like, can you give me a, a Pokemon that looks like a leaf? And then you do. And they're like, thanks. Or like, show me what, I like little one. stuff like that. I found one person that wanted to trade, but yeah, there's no like insides of buildings anymore, which again, I mean, this is all, this all just goes back to like, this game had to be made way too fast. Like, yeah. You know, any like clothing store you go into, restaurant you go into, whatever, like you just go to a menu screen when you open the door and like to me they pokemon doesn't do that like they always you open the door and i'm not saying i need that in a game like it's not necessary but like there's a lot of these clear little signs it's like uh probably only did it that way because they didn't have a whole heck of a lot of time to work on this yeah (laughs) i feel like we started on maybe a a negative note but i mean everybody's enjoying it more or less janet you're kind of blooms a little off the rose for the overall series at this point but everyone else is is pretty warm on it this this is the most excited i've been about a mainline mainline pokemon game since maybe x and y like all those things that you guys are complaining about are totally reasonable like the school is short you Mm -hmm. can't go indoors i i don't care like i'm (laughs) happy to sacrifice all that to fight Pokemon without engaging in a in a turn based battle, like <laughs> just that idea and being of able to explore, like just how I want, like that stuff's huge. It actually, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the cyberpunk discussions, right? Where it's like totally reasonable to complain about the technical shortcomings. Right. Absolutely, there are issues here that detract from the game, but like if you can kind of look past that and actually examine the game for me anyway like it's all stuff that i'm really excited about and that like i'm i'm really i'm enjoying my time with it so far and it's just that freedom that sense of adventure of being able to go wherever you want to go which is what we've been screaming about i mean you can go to the hardest gym early on in the game conceivably right like that's incredible but i also just like just like that that feeling of walking over a hill and seeing the pokemon center like cresting in the horizon and just having that goal that i can walk toward and i can either engage with the pokemon on the way there and the trainers too by the way you can just totally ignore the trainers as well which i like uh so that that stuff i'm really enjoying like i i Mm -hmm. i i've I've been having a good time with it despite the technical issues yeah yeah as i commit several hit and runs on my way to the pokemon center because the pokemon (laughs) are so small yeah what the hell i do not see them some of them are really I've been small. I've been running over small lives left and right. Like I can't make it five feet without running over something, and that automatically engages you in a battle. And I'm like, what did I even hit? What happened? You just got to be the bully. You just got to press R one yeah. on every Pokemon you see. <laughs> yeah, it is just a weird clear idea. The, clear the path. It, it is wild. Yeah, you can just kind of like have your Pokemon leading the party, just like jut out, take them out. And it's like what a fourth of the XP. But just minimizing the amount of random battles, or just not random, but I guess just battles in this game is just, it feels like a lifesaver. It's so nice. And other just small things, which 
I don't think was an Arceus. We have to go back and look. But just having the characters out in the world, they all have little speech bubbles above their head for what they're going to say. And getting rid of that punishment in a Pokemon game of like, I guess I should talk to everybody. So I run up and talk to them and they say, I like shorts or other epiphanies like that. You know, and it's just like, it's so nice to be like, I'm not going to even waste my time. I'll run by you and I'll see that nonsense and then I'll keep on moving. Or I can know if I want to extend it and really dive into this discussion about the sun goes up in the morning and it's warm outside or whatever standard Pokemon dialogues happen there. Also, what's going on with the, is there no day night cycle in the game? Like what's the, what's the situation there? Is it based on our clock or is it? Mm-mm, no, not. it's like it's just kind of long. It's like harvest moon level, okay. but maybe a little bit slower than that. Like it's it is definitely the day is passing and it's like I don't know, you probably get one cycle every like hour if I had to guess or 40 really? minutes or something like that. I I feel like I was I'm, out there in broad daylight for like 6 hours. I don't know. Funny. Uh there a lot of ghosts at night. That sounds oh, great. Uh Sarah, uh, I saw bits of your stream um, mm-hmm. And you seem to be sticking with a theme, which is just uh, uh, chef's kiss. Uh, you want just walk us through your silly streams, Sarah? Well, I wanted you know it's a lot more fun when you like pick a Pokemon theme, right? And just like the best Pokemon. So I was inspired by Smoliv and the Bread Dog, and I decided my team was going to be Olive Garden themed. <laughs> very good. So I've been nice. trying to collect Pokemon that are like reminiscent of Olive Garden or whose names I could just like tweak to make it a little more Italian. So I have a small of, yeah. So I have a a small of that I named small of garden. My Fido is unlimited breadsticks. Uh Um, I'm kind of going in order of the menu. And then I got a whooper, which I named swooper salad. Okay. Because, you know, then they ask you if you want a salad. That's good. That's good. That's good. (laughs) And I got a pawmy that I named pasta, but it's paw. Pasta. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, my Coco is sauce, but I always toss out my starter. So who knows what wow. he'll end up as? What? Um, I love hit that. the hit the curb. You know, get out of here. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not good enough. You're not cute enough. You know, you don't match our vibes. Uh, and then like I got a, a Famfy. Yeah. Well, it's like an, an apple. apple. Yeah. But then it evolves into just a big alligator. Oh, I haven't no, seen no, that. There, there is an apple. Is a pepper. like an alligator. It's like a, it's a, a pepper like a Pokemon, pepper. Kelsey. You're cutting out. And then it becomes a banana gator. <laughs> banana, banana, banana alligator. I don't. I, mm-hmm. I don't. There's work. that. Do you guys not toss from, your starters? from uh, Sword and Shield. I don't know if he's in here. Yeah, you'll have but. to get him. Um, well, that's more of an Applebee's theme. That gets confusing. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, Sarah. I, I would say under five percent of Pokemon players. You keep your starters. Players. Absolutely, yeah. everybody keeps their but starters. But there's better Pokemon. Yeah, but the, I, I mean, rarely. And this one you have the deep bond with. Like, that's, yeah, it's like the yeah. yeah, like it's the OG one. I always you're the them. weird one, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, yeah, don't pretend like that's super weird. Yeah. Honestly, no, it's not. <laughs> we gotta optimize Jesus. for cuteness. Uh, but uh, yeah, what was it? The Don fan was called what? Just real quick. Oh yeah, can... when you're here, you're fam. But like, it, you only have twelve characters, <laughs> right? So right. it's like when you're her, you're fam. <laughs> it's just squeezing it into the most awkward <laughs> life away. Fun fact, uh, it's not quite a Olive Garden, but I remember being tickled, Kyle, when we visited Game Freak that first time, that like right next to Carrot Tower, where their office is, there's just a Denny's. So I like the idea of like everyone from Game Freak going to lunch at Denny's over and over again. It's such a weird combination of cultures and all this. Uh, Kelsey, you're doing your cool bird party. Yeah, there's, oh my God, there's so many birds in this game. 
and and beyond that like it, it's generally those moments are amazing of just coming over a hill again and seeing just like a whole pack of bird pokemon and it's like oh i've never seen like a mm -hmm. flock together like this even like arceus was kind of just like all right one poke and moving around but yeah they're moving in herds it's cool to just I like, like run when through they, i like because in arceus they would either attack you or run away from you yeah but in this game i'll just be staring at something or i'll be in a cutscene, and then i exit the cutscene, and there's like a whole herd of them just staring at me and I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> the They're just staring. They just like literally circle you. <laughs> Guys, that's where you go up to, you go and stand next to them and you press R1 a bunch and you just destroy They're them all. They're a bully. <laughs> it does. The terror of standing here in herds, just like slowly, passively killing everybody, Kyle. Is that what's going on? It Basically, is alarming. I evolved yeah. Fucoco before even going to school, uh, thanks to that strategy. <laughs> what? Oh my god! You do feel like a maniac, like a serial killer, running around the world to kill you, kill you, kill you, or I guess they're passing out. So what? Just the field you was guys covered. You're running around the world differently than I. I, I literally <laughs> only. I mean, sometimes I throw them out just to get some of the XP, and it's cute when it's like, oh look, he picked up this like Pokeball for me, like that's adorable. Um, but I mostly am just like I'm just looking for the new. If you're mm. not new, like. That's it. Like, yeah. I'm not engaging with, like, anything else. Kelsey, have you seen Hitchcock's The Birds? A very long time ago. Okay. Are you are you a fan of it because the birds are in power, or is it too too much for you as a big fan? I don't... I don't know that I'm, like, an advocate for birds just because I like birds. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. that I'm like, yes, birds should murder people. <laughs> I that, just assumed. That's the better Wait, you, you don't know that you think that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. How convenient. <laughs> should we be concerned? Haven't decided yet. Okay. Well, it's it's a good movie. Uh, but your your bird party is, is fleshed out. It's looking good. It's not just a bunch of fletchlings I, in there. There's so many birds that I keep swapping birds. Like... <laughs> I have there's, there's too I many options birds <laughs> so I'm trying to mostly use the newer ones just because that feels right but then like they have all my favorites in it too so it's just I don't know it's a lot there's I really am liking there's like a psychic bird that is a pure psychic type um that is like the first evolution just kind of looks like a marshmallow peep and is perfect and uh, then it becomes like a cool ostrich. So that's mm. that's probably my oh. favorite so far of the new ones. But Flittle? Ah. Flittle. Oh, I was wondering. I was so confused because Flittle looks like a tiny alien, like a tiny alien, and then it turns into an ostrich. It's got beach. It's got beak. <laughs> <laughs> we're really, we're, they're really with some of these newer Pokemon. They're really like stretching the laws of what it can and cannot become. Yeah, that was maybe a while ago. Now we're off the deep end, but I've liked the newer stuff so far that I've seen. It's fun. Like you know, I guess with Me Arceus, I kind of missed that idea of like, oh, it's fun to see Pokemon with Arceus. It's like, oh, this one's in, this one's in. Whereas this is like, I don't even know what I'm looking at right now, which is a fun. Probably because you can't see it because it's so small. Everything is so yeah, small. Some of them are too small. Like, yeah. When you're playing did, on like, handheld, you're like. Yes. Yeah, it's like three there pixels. Someone in town that was like, I know the sizes of all of them. If you show me one of them, I'll tell you if he's big or if he's not big. <laughs> I was like, oh, how yeah. about this one? They're like, it's normal. And they're like, that, that <laughs> one's that one's the chonkers. And I'm like, is this for anything? <laughs> like, I was like, no, is this for anything? Does this do anything it, for me? I don't know if it does anything, but when you're making, I don't know if you guys have played around with like making sandwiches or eating food not or any yet. of that stuff yet. But some of the sandwich perks are like, you're more likely to find big Pokemon. Right. And like, it'll just be like a larger version of 
<sighs> whatever. And like, you'll see it in the overworld. It will look a little bit bigger or a little That's bit cool. smaller. Okay. I don't know if I'm it gonna, does Oh anything, my God. But... Now I want to just eat a bunch of sandwiches and be like, we're going on a big run. And it's just <laughs> trying to get the biggest of all the Pokemon. There is a lot of fun to be had. I know I had my, I, I think for me, what I'm realizing, and it's funny because it's, it's like, oh, how the turntables, Hanson. Because I think I'm finally, I wouldn't say fatigued because I still really love Pokemon. But right. at the same time, like, I re-entered Pokemon during Alpha Sapphire Omega Ruby. I only played like a teeny, teeny bit of X and Y because then Sword and Shield came out. But since then, since Alpha Sapphire, I've been in on it every year. All of it beating the game. So now I'm like, for me, some of the stuff that was like new and fresh like yeah we we did that before and like i see that it's evolving and that's good holistically but i can't help but be like a little bit like to see now all of the parts for everything because i think when you take those long breaks what's nice is that so much has changed that it's like oh this is like a whole new thing this is way different than before but having played like sword and shield having played rcs it's like yes this is an evolution of exploration in the right direction but at the same time, there's like other things that maybe aren't done quite as well. And I really just wish I could mix and match all of them to make one really good game. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing about that, Janet, is like I, this game totally could have waited a year. Like just on terms of like did. sales and improving it. Like no one would have been upset that there was not a new mainline Pokemon this year. You know? Yeah. I mean, Catherine Gilbert wrote in um, and she asked, should I wait for Pokemon to get less wanky before buying it? Or is it worth Will buying? Will it get less? I doubt it's it. It's going to get better. The way I would yeah. describe it is the game is borderline haunted. Like I haven't encountered any like game breaking bugs, but it's haunted. Like out of the corner of your eye, you'll just see a floating Pokeball. Yeah. Suddenly someone will just disappear. Suddenly something will just fall out of the sky. Like it doesn't, it is haunted. The game is possessed. <laughs> I got out of a battle and like it decided that my character needed to move like three feet over when the battle ended. And that was off of a cliff. So then I just oh my battle God. ended and oh. I fell off a cliff. It, mm-hmm. it seems there, like- I mean, there, there was a day one patch. If you guys can believe it was worse. Uh, that is wild. So I, I do, I am hopeful that they'll, that they're, they're patching it and we'll, we'll improve it. But yeah. Mainly. I mean, what I've seen so far is just, it's a lot of that stuff. And I was playing handheld, but just, you know, everything beyond 20 feet is just moving at like, five to 10 frames per second. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you guys. And even just rotating on the mini map, which is on the screen at all times, even that is chugging. Like that mini map's moving at like 15 frames per second. It's like, of all the things, this is in my face at all times. And it just looks like trash. And maybe, is that still in dock mode? Is it still a, a chuggy mini map there? In dock mode, it's worse. Well, dock, it's worse. Wait, really? Yeah. Because yeah. it's trying I to render. why. At like I think it's, it's like the resolution. dock tries to like render it a little bit higher, oh and because it's like pushing a little bit harder. I noticed a lot worse Ugh. in terms of like chugging and like moving the camera and like bugs. Is it, it handheld 720 docked 1080? Is, is I, it, that's, that's usually the default. Yeah, I don't know exactly how this one's pulled it off and whatnot. But uh, yeah, the uh, the clips are flying around. It seems like online mode, which we should mention. I mean, it's co-op. Has anybody tried the the co-op stuff? I've played the co-op stuff. Yeah? How is it? I think it's really cool that you can go into someone else's world and essentially continue playing your own game. Yeah, that's great. You can catch Pokemon. You can battle trainers. I did, like, a Titan. And, like, you don't play together. You play next to each other, but you can see each other in the overworld. You did a Titan in someone else's world? Yeah. And it counted in my world. world? Yeah, it did. Wow, that's cool. It's I literally, it's so that. cool. That's all I've wanted from a Pokemon game. Like, I don't want to battle the other person. I just want to play next to them. Right, right. 
and I didn't really, we did have, like, they did, like, hard crash, but instead of, like, kicking me out and d- taking all my data, it literally just, like, bumped me back to my world, and I didn't lose anything. All right. So, you know. yeah, I, well, I'm honestly really impressed, because the Animal Crossing, if one person lost connection, it all went to sh- yeah. yeah. But in this game, it's surprisingly, you know, there's there's really scary long leg bug glitches, but... That's the thing. It seems like it's in su- online mode in particular, well. it, there's a lot of uh, bugs and, and nonsense packing in there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, some of those clips you floating can, around Twitter are unbelievable. drive around someone else's Pokemon battle. Like, they were trying oh, really? to catch something, and I could park my bike on the Pokemon they were fighting, <laughs> and they could see me, and, like, you could literally just stand in front of the camera and just block their entire view of the battle. I love that. That's fun. I was literally doing wheelies on it. <laughs> I gotta try that for sure. The uh, the terrestrializing, it's an interesting idea to have Ooh. a Pokemon change type and stuff. Hang on, people are booing terrestrial. Are you against beautiful chandelier Pokemon? I don't know. I just, I don't like these new gimmicks. It is a gimmick, Get but at least the gimmick is like... gimmicks out of my game. It, the gimmick it's is an at least, okay gimmick. Yeah, it's changing the strategy a little bit of like, okay, the type is being shifted up. It's better than just, now it's bigger. Or uh, which one do people love? Mega Evolutions people love and they're against everything else? I like the, um, the Gigantamax. It was awesome that they were better. Yeah, they like, gave, okay, again, right. like the further we get from Sword and Shield, and I liked Sword and Shield when it came out. Like, Sword and Shield... Hits. Shonen Shield is underrated. Like, it had, like, uh, no. Gigantamax Pokemon. No. You were freaking fighting in a soccer stadium. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. We were in the desert and then snow, like, two the feet song later because it was too small. But, yeah, I, I love Sword and Shield. That game slaps. But um, the terrestrializing, I... Honestly, too, like, I, like, would just click an A through these boxes. I'm like, yeah. what does this do again? Like, what am I looking sure. at here? I, I feel like it's it's probably my least favorite gimmick they've had in a while but it's one of the most beautiful looking and i'm all about the Hmm. aesthetic so i'm like all i see is a pig with a big heart on its head and that's good enough for me yeah they all look like jewelry now i guess that's the whole thing but yeah i I like um just uh you know my favorite thing about arceus was just like feeling a sense of danger in the pokemon world which you never really feel but i was shaking in my boots playing that game but like you know early on in this game at least i had that moment too of just like you know, finding a glowing diglet in the field. I'm like, what is this guy? Is this like a shiny? What's happening? And then going up, it's like, oh no, this is like a terrestrializing diglet and it's like level 17 and it's kicking my ass in that early stage of the game. But then also it has arena trap ability. So I'm stuck with this. Like actually have those moments of like, <laughs> I'm scared of this diglet right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very fun, rare feeling in Pokemon, but thank God they're inching in that direction. And there's no fall damage. Right? Which I love. Because in yeah. Arceus, we yeah. all jumped off that cliff the minute we got that <laughs> That's deer, right. and That's we right. died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rich Carrasco writes in, uh, speaking speaking to my heart, saying, isn't it a bit odd how Game Freak hasn't said anything about the issues with Scarlet and Violet? I was hoping for at least like a CD Projekt Red-style comment that says they're going to fix the game. I do believe there's a great game buried underneath the performance problems, and I'm unsure if I should wait for a patch or just request a refund. Um, this is, I mean, the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, and I remember we talked about it in the deepest dive for Pokemon Legends Arceus as well, about just, as far as I can see, zero interviews with Game Freak about Arceus or Pokemon Scarlet Violet. The biggest leap the studio has taken since the inception of Pokemon, releasing two of these things in one year that are such a wild change up to the formula and radio silence. And then the game comes out and it's a disaster tech-wise radio silence. That stuff is unforgivable well you and kyle would know better than us but like 
I don't know. How much of it do you think is like they're not allowed to speak to the media right now because they're sort of in this weird, you know, triangular agreement with Pokemon Company and Nintendo? Like maybe they're not maybe it's like Nintendo's like we're going to be the PR for this cuz we don't trust you guys or I have no idea. I don't think it's that case, no. Yeah. I mean like things change. We're talking like this is years ago when Hanson and I went to visit them and stuff like that. My perspective based on that, and Hanson even has some more because he went for Sword and Shield yeah. again, but they seem very in charge of their own messaging. Like Nintendo right. is just a distributor of the game. Um, so I, I think that they're just choosing not to because what do they gain from doing Exactly. It? And you especially know. after, like, you know, with Sword and Shield, there was so much hullabaloo about the national decks and all that stuff. I think they just realized at a certain point, if we keep our mouths shut, we'll still sell a gazillion copies and everything will move on. And so they're under no pressure or obligation to speak to the press. But, and you know, with a company that big and a property this hot, yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. They can get away with it. It's like, yeah, we're just not going to say anything yeah. and people will still buy it. And so Pokemon Company can just... I don't think they're ever going to talk to anybody ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Masuda, Janucci Masuda has stepped back a bit, right? He's in a different role now. He's like and higher he was, up at the Pokemon company, like kind of creative yeah. visionary or something at Pokemon company instead of Game Freak now, which is interesting. And, and he was who we talked to a lot. I, he's the person I would interview at E3. I think maybe him not being in that position, they probably just don't have anyone who's interested in doing it. <laughs> you know? oh, well, that's, that's fairly recently, wasn't it? Because that was after yeah. Arceus that got announced, I think. It, I okay. think it was. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure but it was. yeah, like, I guess Omori, who, God, is Omori the director of this one? He's directed a lot uh, in the past. He's kind of been mm-hmm. stepping up more and more. But um, I assume so. But also, no one knows because no one's going out and talking about it. Um, but he's also, he's talking about a very shy guy. But certainly there's somebody, somebody within the Pokemon company, if not Game Freak, that can talk a little bit about it. Because, yeah, I would just love to know just the challenges that they've had to overcome for releasing these two games this year. And yeah, they, and the challenges they didn't overcome. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's just, (laughs) it's a frustrating release. You you know what I mean? Like, um, what's the, there's nothing to gain and a lot to lose. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to playing more Scarlet and Violet. I'm, I am open to being impressed and I'm trying to get over my own, uh, biases if I'm just stubborn about like Arceus was the good one. I feel like I'm going in with that attitude it's and I'm waiting to be you, melted. That you, you are, like yeah. Arceus so much. You I just like Pokemon running at you. Yeah, well, I liked exploring and it was open enough for me. Like I understand this is technically a seamless world compared to Arceus being open region. This is stuff, yeah, this is technically more open. Yeah, this I know. Feels, I know. Even in do. the early hours, it does feel more open. Like yeah. Arceus definitely felt like there I liked a lot of things about Arceus. I mean I think we all did. We were all pretty positive on it on the deepest dive, but RCS was a lot of like, and then you go out, and then you come back, and then you go out, and mm-hmm. then you come back, yep, and yep, then you yep. keep, it's a lot of ping pong. And then you turn it all about. Exactly. <laughs> and eventually, they're like, now you can kind of go everywhere. Um, there are things I miss about Arceus, though. Like, I kind of wish there was some map fog because I don't know where I've been, and every, everything kind of looks the same. But I want mm-hmm. and I want to go everywhere because I want to pick up the little stuff on the ground. But um, so definitely some things I think Arceus did better with exploration. But on the whole. In the at least in the first like five six hours, this feels like I look out and it it, fe- it feels endless. I know it's not actually endless, but I feel like there's so many directions to go in, and that I can just keep going. Yeah, yeah, no. It and is. I also feel like just the it, there's much more to do in this game than there is um, in Arceus. I'm stressed. And, there's like, too much. <laughs> well, but but it's cool because, like I said earlier, like no matter what you're doing, you are doing something productive, which I think is really cool. 
Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it makes, it makes every time you turn on this game, even if you are just like kind of wandering around aimlessly, like you're still kind of accomplishing something. And that feels really nice. Is that um, early on they're talking about like, oh, you know, it's the treasure hunt. And they're trying to explain the treasure hunt aspect of the school. And I was confused like in the trailers and marketing with it. And now even in the game, I'm still confused. It's like, that's just kind of their code name for do what you want in the yes, game. Yes, I like, think so. Okay. Yes. I, really as far as I thing. can tell, there's no actual treasure to hunt. The yeah. treasure was inside you all along or something right. like that. Right. Okay. It's just an open world game. I checked out. <laughs> treasure hunting, everybody. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else anybody's dying to say about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? We can always revisit it down the road. I mean, we're you definitely... You can access the ridiculous. box from wherever. Oh, oh, the box is from wherever? Okay. That I think is amazing. The fact that I can open my box in the middle of the field and be like, let me get out this type of Pokemon. Like, it makes having multiple Pokemon at the same level so much more viable. Right. Like, I literally went to the grass gym and I was like, oh, let me pull my, you know, Fue Coco out of retirement and just steamroll this, okay? And then I stuff him back in the box and I go on my way. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Also, mm -hmm. speaking of box, the... Uh, auto heal is nice, too. Mm -hmm. The what is? Like little auto heal button oh. that you can just press is nice. Oh yeah, too. that is cool. Yeah, that's great. The, Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. And then I, I love the uh, the Pokedex look this time around, where it's kind of like just a wooden shelf with like books, and mm -hmm. you're putting the the names on. It looks really nice. Even though there's a lot of like performance issues, I actually really like the art direction of this one. Really? Um, it, yeah, I love the look of it. Um, just generally, the Titan again. I haven't fought the Titans yet, but I've seen some of them. The, those designs are also very cool and very fun. Um, I. Also, just really like the general UI things they've done with like how it says versus when you like yeah. go in a battle. I feel like they really nailed a lot of those aspects, which is cool to see. One big beef I have is um, the clothing such customization is pretty weak in this game. Um, I don't know why I get it. Oh, you're a student. You're at school. I'm not at school all the time. I'm barely in school, but you can't not wear your uniform. Like you can buy new shoes and a new bag and like a new hat. Also, there are hairstyles you can have that don't allow you to wear hats, which is ridiculous. They're also <laughs> still doing the you get your hair cut. They're like, by the way, oh, you look ugly. That's three thousand dollars or whatever battle points, though. I do like that. You can use the battle points or the money mm. um, for stuff. So I like got my hair cut. It looked awful. I had to go back, spend another three grand just to get it back to how it was. Ain't that the truth? Real life. So yeah, um, I was. I was but excited. Let me not wear my uniform. It's ugly. It's ugly. I get it. I was mm -hmm. excited. I to I was just pressing all the buttons and I think it was left on the D pad. Will let you put on pants if you want. I was very excited. About That's that. a good control assignment. <laughs> all but right. Just be careful because I did. I put on an expression. And it was stuck until I closed and opened the game. I poke my character's <laughs> mouth was just perpetually in a state of shock <laughs> until I exited. Like literally everywhere she'd go, she was just like, <gasps> oh, this treasure hunt is so miraculous <laughs> for treasure hunting. Truly. Mm -hmm. All right. We got a lot else to talk about. We'll talk about this game more in the future. I am damn sure of it. Uh, let's see. Um, Kyle, we're going to say goodbye to you. Anything you want to say before we say goodbye? Uh, watch the God of War Ragnarok deepest dive. I've been enjoying Ooh. it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, without spoilers, um, we are we are truly giving that game the discussion it deserves. And if you're yeah. upset that we're not talking about more on this podcast, it's up on YouTube and in the bonus podcast feed. Yeah, the first episode was coming up on four hours, and the second episode co covered the middle chunk of the game, and it's four and a half hours. Um, but if I if I may say it, but very fun. Like there's a lot yeah. to unpack in that game. Shout out to Kyle in the first Boss episode man, yeah. for never realizing you guys are joking. That was a that was a hilarious <laughs> bit to me. <laughs> 
know, he's like a really funny guy, but I guess we're, we were just too quick for old Bossman in that thing. I don't know. I'm excited for everyone to have beaten it so I can send you guys DMs and tell you to go do things, you know, that sounds after great. the game. So. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, Kelsey, uh, uh, you can just go enjoy your Thanksgiving. Anything you want to plug? Uh, I don't know. Um, Oh. I've got a I've got a podcast as well, uh, Video Game History Hour. We're coming up on 100 episodes pretty soon, so that's congratulations. right. It's exciting. Yeah, awesome. Oh, thanks. And you're are you still taking feedback uh, for people to write in about their favorite moments from the 100 episodes yes. and all that stuff? Yes, we sure are. Um, there's on our if you go to the Game History Hour Twitter and stuff, we've got a link to it. But you can also just email the podcast at podcast at gamehistory there we go. Uh, yeah, Video Game History Hour. Check it out. Yeah, the last episode, I know you're really excited about it. It was really good about, um, I forget her name, forgive me, but kind of the, the social hub that interconnected everything in the Apple II generation. Yes. Yeah, Lay Nooney was a fantastic guest and uh, dropped a lot of F-bombs in that episode that we had to bleep out. So I was I was in your shoes a little bit there. <laughs> it's a good time. I love it. Uh, <laughs> all right, Janet, uh, we'll let you go. Anything you want to plug on this uh, Merry Thanksgiving Day? Um, I'm mostly, even though this week I'm not streaming, but I'm mostly back on Twitch again after, um, going out of town and then being sick and then being sick in town and just like eight other things. So it's twitch.tv slash game on Um, go check that out and, uh, have fun playing Pokemon. I saw my boyfriend earlier yesterday was like, do you have any tape? And then only to find him taping his joystick down so he could walk in a circle to evolve a Pokemon. Oh and God. damn it, if that's not was good Was he gaming. walking his, his palmy? I'm not sure what he was walking. Because you and need I'm to like, walk the second evolution a thousand steps to get it to evolve. Oh that might God. have been it. I, that could have I been it. I used to wedge a quarter under the, the, the circle pad on the 3DS. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's good game. I did that one too. Love it. All right. Uh, thanks so much, Sarah. You can't plug anything because you're sticking around for the long haul. But right, I know. You, I was like, I didn't realize everyone was leaving. Yeah, sorry. But we're sticking together, damn it. Uh, do you want to clap out at the exact same time, everybody else? Perfect, perfection Three, only. Two, Here we go. One. Leo Vader, Jacob Geller, welcome to the show, fellas. The bad Hello. boys of video games. <laughs> That's right, it's about to get rowdy here, because we're talking tactics, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, try and calm down out there, we dare you. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns is a game uh, that is out December 2nd. We have uh, early access to the Steam version, so we've been playing just a, a bit of it. Um, I am, I am again early on, uh, I'm sorry I'm, I'm drowning in too many games, but I'm like an hour and a half in, uh, Leo, how much have you played of this thing? Yeah, I gave it the Leo hour so far. Leo hour. Jacob Keller? Uh, about four. There uh, we go. And here, here's one of the things that we can start with. Uh, I don't think you finished the tutorial until the end of hour three. Really? (laughs) Well, it said like, wow, I thought it was the tutorial ending pretty early on, especially like when you go to New York well, and stuff like that. There's I the thought... tutorial mission, but I at, at hour three, I got a message that was like, you're now free to explore the Abbey or whatever. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh, so I wasn't up until this point. Interesting. Yeah. So this is from Firaxis. Uh, this is from specifically the creative director and a lot of the team from XCOM after XCOM 2. They moved on to Marvel's Midnight Suns. It is the tactics RPG a little bit more, dare I say it, in the Fire Emblem arena where it's a tactics RPG, but then you're also spending a lot of time running around um, a an abbey and building it up, uh, relationship building, talking with all those characters. You have your own custom character, all that stuff. Um, going into this thing, I was feeling very optimistic because I'm not a big tactics guy. I love XCOM Enemy Unknown. XCOM 2 I didn't finish and I forever feel guilty about it. Um, but I had such a good time with Sparks of Hope this year 
that I feel more tactics confident than I've ever been in my life. Normally, I feel like I, I'm not smart enough to handle this genre, but it's like, I tackled that game on normal. Maybe I'm a good gamer after all. I think I can do this. So I was going in uh, very fresh and excited for, for Marvel's Midnight Suns, and I was very excited to play it on the Steam Deck, and it, uh, it was not working on the Steam Deck. We'll see what it's like after release, but I messaged them, and they said that it's below the required specs so far, which is kind of a bummer because like handheld tactics games. It's it's perfect. one of those confusing things where XCOM also had like weirdly high system requirements. And it's like, what? You know, I know they're 3D, but like you don't have to have a high frames per second. I don't, I don't know why. Well, the biggest thing that said to me, oh, this is like XCOM, is that it chugs whenever something happens. Like whenever yeah. a decision is made, whenever it cuts in close, there's like a little bit of a frame skip that just barely breaks it yeah it's interesting so it's uh coming out on the new consoles and then it's coming to ps4 i believe still at least on the site they listed um and xbox one we're still talking about the xbox one everybody um and then switch sometime in the future it seems like 2023 is what they have listed for switch at least and whatnot but yeah we're all playing on pc uh jacob Geller, you've played the most what do you think about midnight sun so far um it's it, it's really hard to say. Um, I so I say I, I I love XCOM. I've played like hundreds of hours of XCOM one and two. Uh, it is the from the tactic side. It's really fascinating how different this is. Yeah. Like how little it feels like XCOM, basically, even though it is a turn based whatever thing where you're killing enemies. Um, but unfortunately, my main take for the first four hours is just like, just let me play the dang game. Right. Like it truly a like, I can't believe these characters won't shut up. And it's not <laughs> not a comment on the writing of the characters specifically. It's right. just they just talk. It's like there's there's a lot to explain at the beginning of any of these games because there are so many systems. But the difference between this and XCOM is for every explanation, there also have to be like three quips because yes. it's Marvel and they just never stop doing it. <laughs> that is also my main takeaway. If you said like, hey, do you trust the XCOM team to make a new tactics game? It's like, absolutely. With my life. Let's see what this is going to be like. And then it's a lot of talking and it's like yeah do you trust the XCOM team to make a very narrative focused experience like, i mean it's like uh, an hour and a half in have you played like two battles uh, it's like they they barely let you do anything <laughs> yeah and i'm sure it'll calm down over time and get more in that groove but that is definitely the biggest takeaway for me too is like i i'm intrigued by the combat i like the card system more than i thought and we can unpack that for sure but it's 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 the classic problem of I think every Marvel game runs into this of like, okay, we have a game with Tony Stark in it. Well, he's funny. So now every line this MFR says has to be a quip. And it's like, at some point, funny people just say something. They might just speak <laughs> like a human being. Leo and Sarah, you know what it's like. You're superhuman comedy legends. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, that wasn't funny at all. That was the least funny thing I've ever heard in my damn life. Leo, what do you think about it so far? Yeah, it's it feels very marvelly writing. It is like, you know, I wish we could just have the bad guy be scary and not have everybody have to be undercutting what's going on with a three out of ten joke that no one will laugh at. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. But I think it is really cool in a Gears Tactics type way. Mm. Just, here's a card based battler with tactics elements with an absurd amount of production value with the most production yes. value a card game has ever gotten like the animations 
look great. There's Blade you get early on, and he can chain attacks between two enemies. And him flowing between those two enemies, no matter where they are, looks amazing. Like animations like that are really impressive and make it satisfying as a card game. Totally. Yeah, I had that same thought, too, of just, you know, when we we're talking about Sparks of Hope, it's like, I'm so glad that tactics games are getting these big budget treatments and looking at this, it's like, this feels more expensive than it needed to be. But I love that idea. And the card thing, obviously, is the big sticking point for a lot of people. We're like, I'm not really into deck builders. What does that mean exactly? Um, but as someone who doesn't traditionally like deck builders, I'm at least open to this so far because it's just randomizing the cards that you're getting and it's kind of cool to have it in the combat not be like all right this character's turn now this character's turn now this character's turn it's like hey all the cards are up and certain characters have certain moves and it's all just one big lump thing choose who does what and it kind of speeds up i feel like the tactics instead of swapping to spider-man then wolverine then this and that you know Mm. yeah it's it's really i'm one of the reasons that it's like even though i have kind of issues with it and at this point i'm i'm skipping a lot of the dialogue like i'm gonna keep playing because there are like two parts of a card building game generally which is like how to play the hand you're dealt and how to shuffle your deck so you get good hands you know it's like the kind of the small scale and the large scale thing and at the beginning there's really not that much of changing your deck you know it's really just kind of like you have these cards now learn how to play them and that's really fun but there are so many characters and they each have individual decks that like the possibilities for what you can do with them seem nuts but also kind of overwhelming and that there are like nine characters and i haven't even got like wolverine yet or whatever and so like the idea of all of them having individual decks and then thinking about teams having three decks working together and like the combinations they're in is is kind of dizzying yeah we um we did an interview um on uh min max's youtube channel and also in the bonus podcast feed for patreon supporters um with jake solomon the game's uh, creative director and it's interesting talking to him about just the process of this game being greenlit where it's like okay the people at marvel games were big fans of xcom so then they reached out to the team like hey do you want to make a marvel game like yeah absolutely marvel xcom let's do it and then they realized like the XCOM standards, uh, it doesn't really work when combining with Marvel. Like, it's dumb to have Spider-Man missing shots left and right, for example, you know? So yeah. they really had to, like, strip everything down to the core and kind of rebuild a new style tactics game. Um, but they said that one of the cornerstones that they talked about early on when they are talking about the card system or that they wanted to do it is they're like, well, Slay the Spire is one of the greatest games of all time. It pulls it off, so... If we just kind of get close to that, I think we'll be safe. So it's fun to see a legendary team like Firaxis even look at a game like Slay the Spire and be like, okay, their card system works, so we know our card system will work. And now just imagine a Slay the Spire game with uh, dozens and dozens of millions of dollars pumped into the production of it, you know? Yeah, I, I will keep comparing it to Gears Tactics just because that's a universal like baseline that we all understand because we all played that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's interesting how it is more empowering of a card tactics game than you'd expect because you're not missing shots. Criticals work by you having a chance of drawing the card in critical form. Yeah. So then you get to play it as a guaranteed critical. And I think that's a great way of handling that. And there's like quick attacks where if you kill somebody with it, it refunds the move. And it's like you didn't do anything like you can still do super smart plays as you did before. And that's yeah, that's just like a super beginner to the genre friendly move to kind of 
make you feel like you're strong in this like slower, different way of interacting. Well, then also I thought it was wild early on. It's like, okay, there's going to be enemies out here. And some of them, the minions, they just don't have health. You hit them once and they dead and they're dead. And that's another example of just like making you feel strangely powerful in a tactics game. It's like that couldn't possibly work having enemies with basically they're just uh, they're terrestrialized figures out there, Sarah. You hit them once and they shatter in, in a million pieces. Um, but that is the weird idea. But yeah, no, that totally works just to have a bunch of pawns out there and you can take them out with one hit. But then there's going to be other enemies which will have higher health. But it also has my favorite thing in any RPG of just characters with like five HP I love just low RPG numbers. You know what I mean, Sarah? I know you're used to Final Fantasy 14, which is probably up to like 14 million with every hit, but I'm a sucker for like oh, the paper... Oh, you like the number being small so you can easily perceive damage on it, I, I guess? I, yeah, I, it's easier to understand, I think, with like a Paper Mario when you have 20 HP versus an enemy with 15. You know what I mean? Does anybody else enjoy that? The Am bar goes down all the same. I'm more of a visual HP no, person. No, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta plan. You gotta be like, I know this hit's gonna kill. I mean, to compare it to another of uh, the best games of all time, it, it, it has a lot of Into the Breach vibes. Interesting, because yeah. Because you, you never miss you know who the enemies are attacking at all times and they also never miss and and my favorite part of the combat system is like a lot of the moves are about throwing people around and throwing characters like into each other or yep. into environmental things or whatever and so there's some like some of those quick attacks that like don't cost anything if you kill literally do not do damage but they do move the character and so then you can like throw two characters into each other and that does enough damage to kill one or you can throw one into like a a, a fuse box and then they're stunned for a turn um and so i really like being able to think about like you know that that's the thing that kind of lets it earn being like a tens of millions of dollars game is that like you see the physics work and it's like this wouldn't work if you were just looking at a deck of cards against you you know like it really matters where people are standing mm -hmm. um though also you can only move one hero per yeah. turn it's which is a very strange system but sometimes heroes move on their own when you do an attack and they don't the attacks don't have range, so you can move anywhere, but you can only choose where one moves. One, th It's like there are a lot of systems that seem very weird that I think if I put another dozen hours, I will like understand why they did it. But for right now, it's still a little confusing. Yeah, and that's the big thing, too, is uh, this game is big. Uh, they're saying that it's around 60 hours to finish off like uh, the, the main campaign here. Uh, Leo, do you think you're going to stick with it? I'll give it a few more hours at least. Yeah. Yeah, the okay. combat's interesting. And just, it, Jacob is just preparing us for a few more hours of, of talking, but the combat continues to evolve I, based yeah, on they, where you're at. I mean, they truly never shut the hell up. Like, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's so annoying. And I I do not... I, I actually like the custom character more than I thought. Right. Like, because, because there's this thing where you have, like, a new character who's, like, canonical. It's not just, like... Like, you don't get to name them Jacob. They're like, here's, you know, the, the hunter. hunter. Yeah. And they're kind of cool. They have really cool moves in combat and whatever, but it's, like... There's just so much dialogue and lore and, and things that I just don't care about. Well, it's a tough thing with like, it reminds me a little bit of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is interesting. Like, you know, I'm always interested in marketing, I'm in messaging. And with this game, they're big. I'm like, it's Marvel Games' first RPG. It's like, yeah, I get what you want to highlight the fact that it's a tactics RPG. But at the same time, like, 
Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 existed. That's like an action RPG. It's like it never existed in the eyes of many people. Um, but uh, in a couple ways, it reminds me of that. One of them is just packing this game full of characters. I think it's really hard to tell a compelling story where we're just, oh, what's that? You like Marvel? How about all the Marvel you can handle? When it's just a giant smorgasbord of characters, at some point, it's tough to tell a cohesive story. I'm curious to see how this game attempts to pull it off. Um, but then also... Every time they introduce a character, it does the thing that they also did in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 of like, it's Spider-Man. And then it does kind of the Borderlands style pause of having like the text pop up with their name and then like a little a little quip, believe it or not, Sarah. Believe it or not, this game's got some quips, Sarah. Uh, I did. I thought the, I thought the Robo-Man thing was kind of funny when there's there's a thing when you're introduced yeah. to Iron Man, but a character has just called him Robo-Man and then his title card says Robo-Man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's funny. All right. They got us. Uh, like too. We should also disclose that, of course, friend of the show, Ben Reeves, worked on this game. So all our compliments for the writing. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's really, right. Yeah. Dear friend of the show. Really uh, kicking a friend here. Well, uh, to be fair, I think he might have come in a little bit later. So I think, yeah, you know, sure. we, we in the So interview, he wrote the back half of the game, which well, I'm sure is very good. <laughs> no, like even in the interview with uh, Jake Solomon, I asked like, hey, what has been Reeves working on? And he's like, I can't talk about what he's been working on. Uh, so far so something in the future so who knows uh, so we love you Ben Reeves um, yeah. yeah it comes out uh, December 2nd I'm very curious to see like especially what tactics super fans really think about this like I am very eager to see you know what the Firaxis subreddit looks like how embraced this game is going to be if it's going to be meaty enough for him just I mean you mentioned the card possibility there's a lot happening here but it's just wild to see this much of like a full-on RPG of like walking around the Abbey, talking to characters yeah, from like the like Civilization person, Studio. It's you crazy. Can just walk around, yeah, which I really didn't expect. But also, nothing in the walking around has been something where I'm like, well, you couldn't do this with a helicarrier and XCOM. I'm like, just let me click on the Forge Room. Like, I don't need to walk there. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see like the you know building up friendships with these characters because Sarah, you can't romance them, you can't wine and dine them but you can like get Papa. gifts for them and you can like mm. build up your friendship and like play video games with Iron Man and stuff, but no, no smooching allowed just so you're aware. And then, and then I assume like, does that help you in battle then? Feel, I assume like, there's some benefits there. It'll be like a Pokemon, like Iron Man refused to die out of its love for you. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man looks at you with tears in his eyes as he holds on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you get it. I did. I did a thing with Iron Man and it told me that I got a bonus of, uh, larger hands on the next battle which i eventually realized meant how many cards you draw <laughs> right oh! just looking at no, that should have been that should have been obvious i also was thinking <laughs> like, that his hands got is larger is gonna shoot bigger lasers out of his <laughs> big hands <laughs> all right uh marvel's midnight suns everybody but let's keep talking tactics you can't stop us from talking tactics uh Tactics Ogre Reborn. Sarah, genuinely, yes. I am perplexed when you said you're playing this because people are are naturally uh, messaging us like, hey, you fools need to get smart and talk about Tactics Ogre Reborn. I just didn't think that you were one of those people that would be into Tactics Ogre. Well, it's because I really liked Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. That of is course. like my pinnacle of a tactics game. Interesting. Is that game. And this is just the grandfather of that game. So you'd never played you the original Tactics that. Ogre. No, because I couldn't read in 1995, Ben. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Well, no, I've the, never played the original game. Well, the thing is crazy. So this was uh, this was also the PSP remake, which was like 
Tactics Ogre let us cling together, then this Tactics Ogre, Re Tactics Ogre Reborn is a remake of the 2010 PSP remake. Mm. I so, don't I don't get in the weeds with it. I, I look I see Final Fantasy Tactics Advance in it and I buy. Right, right. And I play. Okay. And as a big tactics advanced person, which by the way, just to be clear, have you ever played Tactics Period? No. Okay. I'm curious if they're building up to a re-release of Final Fantasy Tactics. Certainly there's a demand for it. Okay, but as a Tactics Advance fan, going into mm -hmm. Tactics Ogre Reborn, how's your experience been? What do you think? Well, I've put 20 hours into Jesus! it. Jesus! I have almost finished the game. Um, it plays incredibly similarly mm. to Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Obviously without the Final Fantasy elements, the class systems a lot. Like, this is literally a bare-bones tactics game. This is the barest of bones. Like, there's really? no relationship building. There's, you know, barely... There's a story, but it's like a branching story, so you can pick, you know, if you want to be good, evil, or, like, chaotic. I don't know which one I'm on, and frankly, I don't really care. Sure. Because um, every... It's literally just battle after battle after battle after battle. You just kind of move through the world in a series of battles, and then between those, you kind of... You have to, like, hire people to join your group. And then you have to train them up, and then you can just give them a job card and be like, you were an archer, uh, you're a barbarian now, welcome to the team. Get to work, you know? That so sounds it's like good. In, it's literally the barest bones that a tactics game could be, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love my little pixel people. I love my little squares. Mm. Some squares are taller than other squares. So you, I love it. What are you playing on? Ooh, I'm playing it on the Steam Deck. Oh, that does seem ideal. And I have been super enjoying it. However, I noticed that my hands are hurt after holding the Steam Deck for like extended periods of time. Because it's so heavy? Yeah, well, it's like it's it's kind of clunky. Right, right. If you have smaller hands and it is heavy. Oh, and you're, you're so, so put, into the tactics that you're gripping yeah, it I'm with maximum force. It. But then like I'll pick up the Switch and I feel like I'm about to crack it in half. Yeah, isn't it weird <laughs> so to go back and forth? And so light. I know, it's so rinky-dinky. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so, so this thing's on the Switch, it's on Steam, it's on uh, PlayStation. Tactics Ogre Reborn, it's 50 buckaroos uh, for this one. Is uh, Tactics Ogre a terrible name, or am I just yes. uncultured? It is. Like, why, to me, one of the worst video game names I can think of. It's confusing, <laughs> and as somebody... There's not even ogres in the game. What? I think they just liked the word. Yeah, I think they were like, I like this word. Well, what it is, it gets more confusing than that because the original game is called Ogre Jeez. Battle. There was an original game for the Super Nintendo called Ogre Battle. Were there ogres in that? I would have to imagine there's <laughs> ogre battles in that. <laughs> Battling ogres left and right. I'm sorry, I'm not smart enough to have played that. But So then this is kind of the spiritual successor slash sequel with Tactics Ogre. And then the name continues to be daisy-chained and confused, and it's like, now uh, Matsuno, who's this game's director, then went on to Final Fantasy Tactics, so they take, like, the ogre in the name, slide it over for Tactics Ogre, then slide it one notch over, and then take the tactics for Final Fantasy Tactics, and then that carries forward. And then it gets confusing, too, when you talk about, like, Evilies. Well, then and it the, gets confusing. Then it gets confusing <laughs> of, like, the world mm -hmm. of Evilies, because that's mm -hmm. in Final Fantasy Tactics and Advance and Advance 2 and all that stuff. But then also it carries forward into Final Fantasy 12. And then I was really going down the uh, Yasune, Yasumi Matsuno rabbit hole of trying to figure out his path. Because, like, my main uh, vantage point on him was he was the original director for 12. And then he swapped out close to the game's release for somebody else. 
um, or in development, middle of development and all this stuff. But then I found out that he came back and wrote the scenario for Final Fantasy fourteen, Sarah, where it's like Return to Ivalice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you there's play that? Whole, yeah, there's like three. Well, there's three dungeons, three giant raid dungeons. Okay. Uh, based on Ivalice and like Fran's there and all the characters are there. Oh, really? And you literally go to Ivalice, you know, you kind of like teleport there. It's really cool. Mm. Um, that's the one that has the math boss in it where he reduces your health to a certain number and you have to like turn it into a prime number. What? And, and if you don't, you get like major debuffs and like I can't do math. So I just cry during that part. <laughs> that sounds brutal. You have to do it like three times and I'm really bad at math. I love that. Um, and then of course, Vagrant Story is also an Evil East Jacob Keller just to make it really, for mm. the full chain of this saga, that's what you have to factor in. It's it's a fun family tree to try and unpack. How about Parasite Eve? Is that an Evil no, <laughs> Yes. Parasite Evil East? That's right, it is. People don't like to talk about it, but it is. We know the truth. Um, all right, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Sarah, I love this. I, I really... I love that you love this. I couldn't, I couldn't explain to you why I'm so obsessed with my little tiny square games yeah. where it's incredibly slow and everybody takes their turn. And it's like there is no dialogue. And there is no like, because Fire Emblem has those like flashy attack moves. Right. You know, where they like zoom in and you get to watch them stab the other person. This doesn't have that. It's, I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I love it. Um, a game that Jacob Keller claims that he's also obsessed with and won't stop talking about and uh, bugging everybody about. Uh, what the Bat? I, I, right. I'm interested. This is a VR game, uh, but stick with us, everybody. This is a VR game that's from the same developers as What the Golf, which was one of our favorite games back in uh, 2020. Is that when that game came out? I, I love that silly game. Um, and then this is their follow-up, What the Bat. Uh, Leo, have you checked this thing out? Haven't heard of it until right now. Oh, I see there's no bat in it. Jacob Keller, well, how about you tell us how much of a bat there is? In fact, it's a it's a game that dares to ask, uh, what if both your arms were baseball bats? Uh, and then you just had to do things. Excellent. Um, and so it's kind of it's kind of like what the golf in that it is like how many ways can we make uh baseball silly? Uh but it's also kind of like um Octodad in that it's asking you to do like very normal life things, but your arms are bats. And so that. it's like uh like load your washing machine and you're like smacking like pairs of underwear into the washing machine <laughs> with your arms or like uh it's like you you have to like play a video game that has like one big joystick, but you don't have hands, and so you're trying to control <laughs> the joystick with like your bat arms and it's just i mean it's like it is kind of one of those vr things where it's just like here's just a funny thing you know yep. it's not it's not really a game although there is there's like there is like a main character in a way that there isn't in what the golf it's like at the end of every set of levels you like take a selfie with a camera duct taped to the end of your bat and you can see your character like growing up um, what <laughs> It's very, it's very funny, um, but but mainly it's just it's like each situation takes like 30 seconds to do. And it's just like, you know, hit hit a baseball onto this like, you know, tape player. So it will start playing a tape, you know, do something like that. And then you do that and then it's just on to the next level. Uh, and so it's kind of a collection of mini games, but they're all very funny, honestly. I'm more tempted to put on a VR headset. I don't own one, but to to steal Sarah's. 
um, by this game than I think any VR game over the last three years. I'm struggling. There is no movement. So I think there's a very low chance of like motion sickness because you're just standing in one place doing stuff. And it's like, you know, I'm playing on my quest Two. the graphics are perfect because it's very simple. You know, there's like, it doesn't have high tech requirements. It's just, it's great. If you had someone like over to your house to play VR for like five minutes, you'd be like, try this one. Yep. The, uh, yeah. Seeing in the trailer, they have a bit, which is, Oh, it's, it's what I've always dreamed of. It's the, I remember, well, it's a bit where you're in like an art museum, just beating the crap out of like statues. And I remember like when VR first came out, I remember I was like in France with Ben Reeves, uh, as previously mentioned, and we're going through some fancy, antiquities museum or something and that was my big pitch for like you know what they should do they should make a vr game where you're just in one of these fancy museums were you with... in the louvre no 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 it was like south and you of were france thinking, what if i can smash the art it's not a healthy feeling but you sarah you know what i'm talking about wouldn't it be fun to have a vr Ooh, game where it's you just, just, no, just i've literally never gotten to, just to a museum and said ground. what if i could break this so, oh, okay, all right, you're trying to be high and mighty, but if there was a VR game, and I think people <laughs> there have... There is. There is, yes, people have released this. What's the name of it, Leo? Smashing Time. Okay, yeah, because yeah, for a museum, that. you can destroy the Oval mm-hmm. Office. Yeah, you're telling me you wouldn't want to play that, Sarah? Just, you're, you have a sledgehammer I mean, in the Oval it, Office? I but I would never, like, I've never been in a museum and said, what if I just smashed this? Well, I'm not actually planning Lies. on doing it. I just want to have that fantasy, and that's what video games are good for. And this feels like it's inching in that arena. Um, you just want to break stuff. Yeah, it's just one of those days, you know? They have those rage rooms now that you can go to and break stuff. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, you can go and they, like, set up a bunch of old furniture for you and they give you, like, a sledgehammer. Are you messing with me? This is the thing you can no, do? No, 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 they're I real. Feel like, I wonder, I felt like that was the thing that I heard about in, like, 2015. No, well, there's mm-hmm. one, yeah, there's it's one, like, like ax- a couple minutes for me. It's like axe throwing, you know, where it's like, what if on a first date you gave your date a weapon? Wait, what do you Wreck mean it's it like that? Room. This is one in Durham, North Carolina. Weird. I I don't trust Are anybody you that stressed? goes on. Is your boss or coworker working your last nerve? <laughs> this is how it starts. Weird. <laughs> do you have that impulse? Do you ever just want to destroy stuff, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Not art, though. Well, just like random stuff. Well, that's why you don't want to destroy it for real. What if it's really bad old art, though? I'd still feel a little bit bad. Even if I got it from the Goodwill, I'd still feel a little bad. Oh, like a grandfather clock? Yeah. What if it's just like a good no, old... No, absolutely not. What about if it's just like a Confederate statue? Okay. Well, yeah. She's hedging. <laughs> hedging, ladies and gentlemen. Let it be known. Uh, all right. Uh, Leo, uh, you said you, you're desperate to talk about one game and one game only, baby, because we're coming down to game of the year time, so priorities, every second counts. Fallout 76. <laughs> what? What year is it? It's 2076, I think. Um, Leo, yep. I, I, what's going on? You're, you, you're back to Fallout 76? I know you had a slow burn on this one and then learned to love it, and then you just rekindled your love? Yeah, I was off it for like a year. Uh, and I was still in the Fallout 76 settlement subreddit, just admiring people's <laughs> creations and going, man, I should get back to that someday. When I have time, when I don't have to play other games so i have to keep up with the new releases right but then i thought why don't i chase my bliss and download this absolutely and i did it at the perfect time because the halloween event is the best time of year in that game because you're incentivized to trick or treat here's here's my day in fallout 76 yeah i boot it up i've got my witch hat on because you have to have a costume to trick or treat (laughs) 
and I start going to player camps. And the settlements in that game are unreal. There's one that was just posted on the subreddit that was Howl's Moving Castle. Like with the legs, the rays, big thing. It looks incredible. People are doing magical stuff with those not very good tools. Wow. And you go and you get some candy from the bowl. You visit their shop, see what plans they have. There's thousands of recipes for stuff that would like make my camp look cooler. And I'm weighing like, you know, this is a pretty good value. This is way under what I'd normally pay for this. So I got to pick it up. I'm bouncing between these camps. I see pretty ones and I take out my camera that I crafted in game that I found a plan for a zoom lens (laughs) that I modded onto it at the mod table using in-game resources. And I take a picture and now my loading screens are all pictures of beautiful settlements that I've encountered in my in my travels. And you pay caps to fast travel, so you're incentivized fast travel less, as little as possible. So I go, oh, I want to do like these three quests in this area. I'll fast travel this one place and have this little journey through this little corner of the map. And that's my day in Fallout 76. And I do my little dailies and it's uh, extremely cute and extremely fun. I I genuinely forgot. So this is just, it's shared world, not quite MMO. I mean, how many people are building houses in your server yeah, or how how many like instances yeah you know do you have to get into the server with the cool howl's moving castle yeah and it's, it's not cross-platform either so i'll never see that one because it was built on xbox oh no. sure but it's 24 player servers and usually most of those players have camps and honestly the ratio of like camps people have put a ridiculous amount of time into and have a theme and are beautifully structured versus camps that are bare minimum here's just all the stuff to craft with i don't care about my camp yeah ridiculously high towards beautiful camps that people care about, like way more than I expected. And my camp is beautiful and I care about it. I built it with my partner. It's a convenience store that's like right near where you start. And I sell a bunch of basics for really low prices. It's called uh, Goldman's Basics for Cheap. My character's name is Rold Goldman. Come give me a visit. Uh, And I care so much about how it looks, like laying out the shelves, making the magazine rack and filling it with magazines that you actually have to loot throughout the game. It is such a pleasant multiplayer experience. Was this their intention of what the multiplayer, or has it evolved to this point? Where I people think it's are evolved. kind of RPing yeah, with Yeah, their can you bases? still like nuke a section of the map? Because I remember when it started, they were just like, hey, you can nuke a part of the map, and that doesn't seem like it would vibe. You can finally nuke Howl's Moving Castle, everybody's fantasy. <laughs> I get notified that that's happening once in a while, but it's you have it's relegated you to like, like a the text outskirts. message. Like, by the way, nuke you don't have a It's You get a notification, make sure not to be in the area that is going to be nuked in four minutes. That's helpful. My God. But, uh, I don't yeah, think IGN I put out a video recently that was like, here's the weirdos still playing Fallout 76. And I really enjoyed honestly, that. Good video. for them. It honestly seems like the game is better now. Like I would play this over whatever it was supposed to be originally. It's it's sitting quietly in the background as a really fun, good game. I love it. And that. I don't think it gets enough credit because of how bad it launched. Yeah, yeah. Fallout 76, everybody. We'll talk about it uh endlessly in the future, I'm sure, as well. Um and then also Is it my camp and buy my stuff. Yeah. Please. Um, Jacob Keller, you also said real quick that like Signalis, we didn't give fair enough of a shake to on the podcast. What? Yeah. Did we do well, it? That's because Ben was like, oh, I, I played it with my friend and we, we didn't think drunk. that it was. Ben, ben was like, we, we were drunk, drunk and we didn't and get it. <laughs> uh, well, also, I mean, Kyle beat it and Kyle yeah, said it he was liked like, it. good. Um, but like, I, I think that this game deserves a, a lot of credit. Oh. Uh, basically, I mean, in terms of the like 
yeah, yeah, people have made this comparison, but it's like you ever thought like, hey, why don't they make another Silent Hill 2 in that? Like, why don't they make another horror game where like everything is about, you know, it's like the thing about that separates Silent Hill 2 from like every other horror game is like every piece of it is about the narrative you know it's like every mm. puzzle solution links into what he's doing and every boss is also like very thematically poignant and like all that and it's like that's signalis signalis is is one of those games where it's like everything in the game links back to everything else in the game because it is mm. such a like narrative it, it just like knows so much exactly what it's doing that like everything relates back to that yeah uh, and so it's just like it's it's incredibly ambitious in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect if you just saw like oh it's a cool ps1 looking game yeah people say oh it's ps1 survival horror throwback mm-hmm. experience i feel like we've seen plenty of those was it like oh i forget the haunted house or like 1998 the, for- yeah the haunted demo disc thing yeah that came out yep 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 but this is a notch above just in presentation and, and vibes and everything it's yeah i mean it's like it's worth playing i don't know how much you played in your uh d- drunk boys time but like <laughs> well the- we're, we're pretty busy yeah chugging beer bongs and high-fiving and uh <laughs> throwing popcorn into each other's mouths i don't know <laughs> um the like the just the title drop of this it does so much interesting kind of like very quick cut static images weird text like paintings whatever and it's just like it's so stylish you know in a way that's like it's not just that it's blocky and looks like a ps1 game it's like it's really it's it's just like there's so many different art styles and sometimes it's in first person and sometimes it's kind of a visual novel looking thing and whatever. Like it's, it's just very fully formed. You know what? It's one of those games that you play. You're like, this is exactly what they wanted to make. And they did it all the way. Yeah. Signalis. And it's on a game pass. If you wanted to check it out, are you, are you a pentiment man, Jacob Geller? Are you, are you going to jump into that thing? I, uh, I mean, I think it sounds really cool. I I have been uh, traveling for the past ten days or so, so yeah. I have it. I listened to y'all talk about it and was like, "That sounds great," but I haven't touched it. Okay, right on. Um, Sarah, are you a website person by chance? Oh well, not since Neopets, probably. Since it like shut down, you're just not into really websites. Yeah, actually, it's not shut down. Don't spread rumors. Okay, <laughs> what if what if I told you there's one website though where all your dreams could come true? I don't know. I think you Are should. Are there pets least, on it? Uh, there could be. Mm, Patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's, everybody. Help support independent games and media. Even at that $2 tier, we would greatly appreciate it. Find the tier that is right for you. Leo, I hope you're ready to get a little hungry, buddy. Mmm. Sure. There are pets in the Discord, by the way. That kind of counts, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess if you support us on Patreon, then you get access to the Discord, and there's a whole pet channel, and everyone's sharing cute pictures of their pets at all times, even if they're not voting for our dog show in New Show Plus, which I thought was going to win, but people said no to dogs because they wanted Sarah and Leo to stream more Spore. They wanted more freaky animals than real-life animals, so bold choice, everybody. Anyways, Leo, speaking of dogs, I hope you're ready to feel hungry. (laughs) I still am not saying the thing you hope I'm going to say. <laughs> That's, I don't know. 
Hey, thanks to our new supporters, uh, people like Omaha Steaks, everybody. It's a uh, mail order steak what? service. They reached out and I was like, that sounds lovely. Cause you know, are they sponsoring our Christmas feast? Uh, no, Ooh. they aren't. But by God, if we hit that, maybe they'd be open to it. Uh, but it is just the best experience. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't go to the grocery store and pick up steaks that often. But it turns out when a bunch of delicious steaks are dropped off at your house, it's freaking delicious. So we had the first round. They were fantastic. And then my wonderful wife, she's like, by the way, the next batch of steaks from House Steaks, it's steak, but it has just like bacon wrapped around it. And there's apple pie for dessert. And then also there's chicken and burgers. And then uh, we enjoyed it all. And then my wife is like, this is great. I need to actually go to their site and see how much this costs because I'm ready to be horrified. And unprompted, look, she's not being paid to say this. She said it was actually a lot cheaper than I expected on their site. So Omaha Steaks, uh, two thumbs up over here. I thought it was great. Um, the steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code MINMAX at checkout to get $30 off of your order. Again, you can go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code MINMAX at checkout. And there's a link below in the description for everybody. You can send an assortment of mouth watering favorites guaranteed to impress like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon air chilled boneless chicken ultra juicy burgers and even even easy to prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash every steak and every entree is backed by your unconditional 100 money back guarantee so there's a link below if you're interested in this whole thing but visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code minmax at checkout to get that extra 30 dollars off your order check it out everybody a minimum order may be required uh Hey, y'all heard of HelloFresh? I have. Yeah, yeah of yes. course. Uh, we've all used HelloFresh. It's great just to have wonderful food delivered to your house. It's America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy and fun and affordable. They want you to know that the holidays Hey, they're just around the corner. Uh, and HelloFresh makes this busy time of year easier than ever with your chef-crafted recipes and pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your door so you can spend less time meal planning and prepping. And you can save money on dinner with HelloFresh and put it towards your holiday shopping as well. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery store shopping and it's 25% less expensive than takeout, is their math, which sounds about right. Uh, really, nothing better than having a HelloFresh meal in the fridge just sitting back and be like, oh, there's no stress about dinner tonight. I just know exactly what we need to prepare. Like we had some beef flautas not too long ago, kind of beef, a uh, little taco roll type things. Did I do it well, Sarah? Did I say the word well? I just can't believe that you're over here sleeping on silver sheets, right. eating steak, <laughs> eating HelloFresh. <laughs> right. I'm starting to think you did this for you, <laughs> no, I'm starting to think this is yeah, just you. Yeah, can't wait for the mattress sponsorship. Yeah, I oh, love. Yeah, can't sweet. wait to hear about your mattress soon. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Anyways, the beef flautas were good, everybody. Uh, it's easy to follow instructions for HelloFresh. It's the way to go. And you can go to HelloFresh.com slash MinMax70 and use code MinMax70 for 70% off free shipping. Again, Go to HelloFresh.com slash MinMax70. Uh, there's a promo code listed below, and you can use that promo code MinMax70 for 70% off plus free shipping. It is America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh, everybody. Uh, just Next so up, cash for gold. They sent me a bunch of gold <laughs> I'm really enjoying. And you know what? Gold is good. It's just fun to have in your house. For the, for the well, record. No, that's, that's guys. Not, they think gold is bad. They think you should sell it. Oh, oh no. Uh, they don't I, uh, give you gold for cash. I really did. Well, they gave they us should. <laughs> I did ask them when I had my meetings with like the ad people for the podcast, like, could we ship this out to everybody? 
and like, uh, no, not so much. And so it's like, if you can guarantee that someone's going to be on this episode, like it months in the future, then maybe it's like, well, that's kind of a tricky thing to do with this. But it looks there. We can get you some Omaha steaks if you want. I mean, it might be an opportunity. I'm coming over. All I'm right. picking up my steaks. All right. Whenever my kitchen's done, yeah, it's not, so I can't cook them. But So we can trade VR for steaks and HelloFresh. Okay. Great. Absolutely. <laughs> I know the steak isn't real. That's right. Uh, hey, check it out, everybody. Uh, Cuphead Collector's Editions available at I Am 8-Bit's online store. Uh, they have been big supporters of ours for a very long time. Uh, so you can check out I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. They have so much cool stuff there, including the Cuphead Collector's, Collector's Edition, which comes with an actual Cuphead marionette. It is fully puppetable. I repeat, fully puppetable. Check it out with the I Am 8-Bit exclusive Collector's Edition. It's fantastic. And you can go to their online store and use the promo code cornbread casserole all one word cornbread casserole for 10% off everything under $100 uh, I may pit rules because they ship out prizes each and every week to the Minimax community if you're a Patreon supporter in any tier you can any tier whatsoever even that $2 tier you can submit a question every week for the Minimax show podcast we choose our favorite and then I may pit just ships out a prize and this week they're shipping out such a such a doozy this week I may pit is shipping out to the best question of the week uh, Mega Man X the legacy cartridge uh, that they have in their online store, which we had as an auction item during Extra Life. It went for well over $100. And I made it's just shipping this out because they're so cool. So please follow the link below. Help support I made it because they're great supporters of ours and they have a very cool store. So it is up to us to remember who has the absolute best question from the community and they will win this glorious Mega Man X cartridge. All right, here we go, everybody. Ian Zanger writes in and says, hey, have you ever finished a game by watching the rest on YouTube? Is this a sign that a title's gameplay doesn't hold up to its story? Is this a bad idea because it spoils the rest and keeps you from possibly returning to the game later? I've had this urge with Deathloop for a while as I approach the end of the story and the levels are feeling repetitive. I did that with Deathloop too! Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I got through Deathloop and I was like, the end better be worth the means. And then I, I just like looked up the endings and I was like, you know what? That's fine by me. Yeah. And I was satisfied with watching it. Yeah, you don't seem like a person who's very wary of spoilers. In your no, game in life. No. I find that I can still be uh, surprised and excited. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I really... I did this for, like, um, Final Fantasy XV Monster of the Deep. Monsters of the Deep, the fishing game. Because the final boss turns out you had oh. to grind a lot for. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to look at the final cutscene on YouTube during that stream. And hopefully mm -hmm. people will be okay with that. But uh, anybody else watch a lot of stuff on YouTube instead of finishing a game? I remember finishing Resident Evil 7 via watching... Mm. It's like once you got to that second mm -hmm. location, I maybe played for a few minutes, but was like, this is not, I don't care uh, about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> a thing about me is uh, I hate watching people play video games. Like that's, I, I, I just think it's so, when it's actual gameplay and not cutscenes, I just find it very boring if I'm not uh, talking. But, uh, <laughs> so it's like I've tried and I just like start looking at my phone and I'm like, what's the point of this? Um, but I will always look up if there are multiple endings. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Deathloop yeah. has multiple endings. I looked up the other one. Signalis has like four endings. I looked up the three that I didn't get. Uh, so that's, that's when I'll use it. But it's like, I, I, it's hard to watch people just play after you've been playing because you're like, I I would do this better or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, it's um I know I've talked about it before, but if you're a Metal Gear Solid fan fan, there's probably a chance that you have not experienced Peace Walker, and like I'm telling you, 
sit back on a Friday night, nothing bad can happen, and just boot up Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, just like the movie cut on YouTube, it is such a hoot. You'll have you'll have a How great long time. Is it? Isn't it like I think it's like four hours, sev- maybe? Yeah, it's like several hours of yeah. just cutscenes. Yeah, they they have like the movie cuts, so they have like some of the gameplay clips that are necessary and stuff, but it's just a four hours of David Hayter talking to you. It's it's a joy. Um, Zach Killian writes in and says, Hello, Minmax. I had this random thought, um, but as a fan of stealth games, would video game stealth mechanics work in the real world? Would throwing a coin distract somebody? Would crouching be quieter? <laughs> Great question, Zach. No. Because I think, like, if you if you hear something get thrown, your automatic reaction is to look in the direction that it came from and not the direction that it ended up in. Well, how do you Wait, know where a, it came from? But if a from? coin lands on the ground, do you know what... I guess it would yeah. slide. Well, who are you, Daredevil? What are you talking about, Sarah? You don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> well, it's like if you see something like whip past your head, like in most <laughs> games, you don't have to. You don't have to like not let them see that you're throwing it. But All you really care about is where it lands. I think the implication, though, is they don't see it flying. They just hear the the clickety clack. Yeah, of but like usually you're trying to like get into some high security area. Yeah, I don't know. I hate stealth games. <laughs> I hate being stealthy. It's slow and boring. Well, maybe you'll learn to love them if you just try, like, no. crouching in grass in real life no. and then no one will be yeah, able to see Yeah, I love moving you. slowly. <laughs> Nothing better in I life. I like the, the tactic of uh, when a guard finds someone unconscious and is like, sleeping on the job, wake up, buddy, <laughs> and, and then them. just do that. I think that would work in real life. I think so. Leo, you know yeah. stealth well. You can get around in real life? I think it's pretty one-to-one. Yeah. If, if in Hitman, if you have somebody slip on a banana peel and they get knocked out and you take all their clothes, yeah. it's like an accidental knockout. So if somebody comes and finds them, they'll wake them up, but nothing seems out of the ordinary. They're not like there's somebody <laughs> prowling around on the premises. <laughs> and even the person who wakes up is like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And, and you but think it's that, probably yeah. chill. That's legit. So if you were actually trying to sneak into a place, you'd just be throwing up banana peels left and right? <laughs> Putting yeah. on other people's clothes. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. smart. Do you, do you remember... Uh, the the scene Ben I know you do in Mission Impossible 4 oh, yeah. where they have they have that little thing that makes like a water drop sound yes. on the other side of where they're sneaking into the Kremlin and the guy like hears a water drop and he like walks away from his desk I'm just like I wouldn't do that if I heard like a water drop I'd be like okay I guess I there call is somebody one. I don't know what to do yeah people don't change the battery in their smoke detector you think like having a water <laughs> drop is gonna be like oh, the Kremlin let's leave it unguarded now for a little bit I do um this goes back to the the VR simulation I think of wanting to be in a museum and just destroy everything um and unleash a rage like only Kratos could but do you also just fantasize about like god I wish I was just in the matrix so I could see if I could sneak into this place I want like full VR simulation just to see what I could get away with like could I I feel like you'd be very disappointed in how much you can just walk into a bunch of places if you just act like you yep yeah so it's exactly it you think yeah, I, I do. I want to. I'm. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Just to be clear, but I do think about that stuff all the time. Just like, yeah, if if I just acted confident, I think I could walk through almost any door, which I understand is a privilege in a lot of ways. Uh, but I, I I think about that all the time. Like, forget the hitman changing clothes. I don't think you need clothes if you just have the right vibe about you. No one's yeah, gonna question. You. <laughs> That's right. Fully naked. <laughs> Who's gonna question a naked man strutting into a building? 
Uh, Zach Gallo writes in and says, I've noticed something interesting about the way people have been talking about Sonic Frontiers. The refrain you'll often hear is, yeah, it's fun. I want to keep playing it, but it's not a good game. To me, that sounds like you just think it's a good game. Why is it that people <laughs> feel the need to hedge their enjoyment of games like Sonic Frontiers? Uh, probably all of us making fun of Sonic for the past 20 years. I think that's what it's a kind of a shame thing. Like, Sarah, where are you at? Are you enjoying... Is Sonic Frontiers a good game? Yeah, I think it's a good game. I think if you're coming in expecting it to be like a Breath of the Wild, you're going to be severely disappointed. But if you like Sonic... Like, here's the thing. Sonic, kind of an acquired taste, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it is, it is a Sonic game. You're not going to go in and like... I don't know. I don't know what people's expectations are for the Sonic game, but it is a Sonic game and it is fun and the music is really good, which sometimes it's all you can ask. Do you, so you don't have a love-hate thing? You're not uh, torturing yourself internally of like, yeah, it's fun, but uh, you're just fully on board for no, it. No, I, I beat it and I say that it's good. <laughs> wow. It's good. The declaration. It's good. Yeah, Zach, you're it's, fine. It's the best we've had in a long time. Take it, everybody. Are you going to be pushing for it for Game of the Year? No, it's not worth the fight. Interesting. What? It's not worth the uphill battle. I mean, is it your game of the year? No. Okay. What do you you think is your game of the year right now? That's still Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Interesting. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. I was talking to uh, Boycaster the other day who told me that he felt like he was going crazy because he played Sonic and he was like, that game was borderline unplayable and everyone is saying it's like good for a Sonic game. A borderline I haven't played it, but uh, it's playable. It's funny and that was that conversation. <laughs> that was Sarah's main message: is the game is absolutely playable. So give it up. Yeah, have if you haven't played other Sonic games, you might not understand what that means. We'll by see. Playable. This is this is exactly um, what the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, Victor Fan writes. I don't know why it's so hard. Like, if you like an IP, you guys all like Marvel, no matter what they do. That's I like Sonic, true. no matter what Sonic does. <laughs> this is the that wrong was crowd really to the say message that of our Midnight Suns conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Victor Fam writes in and says, "God of War, Bayonetta, and Devil May Cry all had a resurgence recently, but Ninja Gaiden has been left by the wayside. What would a new Ninja Gaiden need to do to stand out in the current action game landscape? It does feel." ready to pop it feels like if ninja gaiden came back in a post dark souls world in a big way i I feel like people would be ready to embrace it again right jacob geller here's the thing devil may cry and bayonetta are like not that popular like devil may cry is only kind of has like a legacy behind it not that many people buy bayonetta like stylish action games even though they are my favorite genre yeah are not that popular of a genre um and and so and also i think ninjas aren't really in anymore uh maybe maybe well, i'm wrong about that tell ghost of tsushima like, i don't i really don't think that ninja gaiden holds much much like weight i i think there would be like you know people there'd be like three dozen people like me and surreal who would be like really excited uh and then most people wouldn't care yeah i'm trying to look up just sales for Stylish action because games. it's like it's not like Dark Souls, you know, yeah. other than the, and, and, and God of War changed to be less like those games, you know, like new God of War is less like Devil May Cry than old God of War. Yeah, not really playing NES and Super Nintendo games in a big way and all this stuff. I feel like it was Ninja Gaiden Black was the first game on that original Xbox where it was like the big deal was you will not believe how hard this game is. I understand all those Mm -hmm. old games are impossible as well, but that was like, you know, the talk of the school was like, there's this game that came out that is like 
uh, you will beat your head against a wall. It's so challenging. And it felt a little bit like those Dark Souls conversations early on. But yeah, that's maybe overly simplistic to say it's one to one. Uh, Travis Manick writes it. Oh, but before we get to that, actually, uh, Felix Diaz writes in and says, uh, with the possibility of an Armored Core revival coming soon, it makes me wonder why there aren't more studios investing in mech games or mecha games. I hear you, Felix. I, I had this epiphany reading this question of, I realized that Armored Core is going to be the new Silent Hill in terms of like, I feel like it was bubbling up for the game that people are like, why haven't they making a new Armored Core? It's been rumored for so long. I think it's going to happen. Now that they announced 14 new Silent Hill games, there needs to be something else to take that mantle of like the no, no brainer. Why aren't they making this game? And I think it's going to be Armored Core. Is there anything else, Jacob Gallo? It's it's perfectly queued up for everybody raving about this now. Oh, that just like a game that hasn't come out long enough that everyone's yes. like, we want this. There yes. are no problems with the series. Yes, it's Armored Core. It's absolutely, it, it was already close to that slot and now it's Silent Hill out of the way. It's number one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got it's got like the the From Software kind of hippie thing of like, or, or hipster where you're like, yeah, I liked it. I like their old stuff. Yep, yep, exactly. And I like the old armor cores. Uh, Tyler Sticker writes in and says, uh, hey, I've really been enjoying watching Sarah and Leo play Spore together for a new show plus. Um, what do you think are the es essential ingredients for an entertaining stream? Also, do you prefer being on the sticks or commentating? Um, as the stream queen, Sarah, give us everything you know. What are the ingredients, do you think, genuinely for, for a good stream? I think if you got to have a really good mix, right? You have to be able to both commentate on the gameplay while you're playing, chat with the chat, so you have to be able to see what people are saying and respond to them. And if there's somebody else there with you, you have to be able to engage with them in a certain way while also playing the game. And like, while playing it in a semi, well, a good way. Yeah. I feel like the hardest thing is making sure that you're also talking about the game. Because sometimes when you're talking to another person, you can just fall off completely. That's exactly my problem. And then problem, it's like, yeah. why is the game there in the first place? And people want to hear you talk about the game because that's what you're actively playing. Um, so it's, it's all about balance. How do you do, because you do so much solo streaming, is it mm -hmm. odd to like host a stream with like Leo there where you're playing Spore? Do you feel like you have to recalibrate um, your brain for it? It's a, li a little bit, because sometimes I feel like I could just talk forever, and then I have to kind of like switch. It, it's hard when I'm playing, too, yeah. to kind of like play the game and make sure that I'm like conversing with another person at the same time and not just talking about the game. Uh, so it is it is a lot harder when you're not playing the game, like when you are that other person, it's a lot easier because that's one less thing you have to focus on is just chatting. Yeah. Um, so I, I much prefer to be the person that's just that's not playing the game. Really? That's a lot. Yeah, I, I do think it to say it sucks is is uh, too much, but it is weird to be the person not playing, especially over a remote stream. I feel like I don't mm. mind if we're in the room together and I'm not the one playing and I still feel so engaged, but I think it's like, it is a tough thing to come in with energy for in a stream uh, when you're just watching somebody play remotely this game that you're not playing. So I think that is that is a subtle, tall order, I think. Do you I don't not know. Maybe that's because I've like watched, all, I like watch my friends play game on games on Discord too. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm just more used to someone else playing and me just watching. Yeah, yeah. It could be, but Leo, yeah, what do you think? What are, the, what are the key ingredients there? I prefer being the side speaker as well, the sniper, all the way back to the Game Informer days. It's just like so much easier to only chime in when you have something worthwhile to say versus like you're one of the main people on screen and you're responsible for keeping the flow going. Yeah. But another thing I think about at that 
time, early Game Informer time, is like certain personalities there would have trouble balancing the gameplay and the conversation. Absolutely. And it would be mid-conversation suddenly going like, oh, frick, I'm getting hit by this guy, and then losing the train of thought. And I feel like it's important to have it be have the conversation flow in a way that makes sense, even when you are dipping to the game and out yep. of it. It's like we I in my mind, maybe I'm off about this. I feel like it's worth being realistic that most people are just listening to it and hmm. not staring at it. And maybe. I think for that reason, it makes sense to have to focus on the the flow of conversation. Maybe. Yeah, I think Tim Turry was probably the best at Game Informer back in the old days of managing that and always being engaged and focused enough on the game while also being silly on the side. But I, I think I'm really bad at it. Like genuinely, I feel like as a streamer, I'm, I'm bad at all games, but I give myself like a six out of 10. I really feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm not uh, great uh, at that whole arena. So I'm very thankful for people like you who can really pull it off well. And like the, the reading the chat thing, it's really interesting. Like, I think I've gotten better at that. Um, but it's interesting to even doing like the deepest dive with Kyle Bossman, who does a ton of solo streaming and we have, are streaming those conversations on Twitch and I can just see him like keeping up with chat. At least it feels like that, like throughout the entire discussion, it's like mid conversation, but you just get so good at just glancing and scanning that as it's scrolling. It's unbelievable. Uh, muffin crumbs writes in and says, Hey, Ben and company. I got bored during a lunch break and decided to see what percentage of question of the week winners from the MinMax show in the past year were actually about video games. <laughs> I'm not hating anything y'all do. I really enjoy the non-gaming questions like what's up with the word for the food pickles. You've <laughs> been reading that again. I can't handle it. Just as much as your conversations about whether you'd rather have uh, video games or space. <laughs> God, I forgot about all of these. Um, <laughs> that's such a good one again. Um, so uh, I, I'm sharing a link for y'all for this breakdown from Muffin Crumbs. Um, but I guess before you click on that, what do you think? Within the last year, what percentage, Sarah, do you think of Question of the Week winners were about video games versus not? What percentage? I want to go with like mm, about video games. I want to say like 40? 40% about video games? Interesting. I, was, I feel like, like we, pick, we pick the non-video game ones a lot. Yeah, what do you think, Jacob Geller? I I feel like it would be more... I mean, we do a lot about games that are like, you know, it's just kind of ambiently. It's like, what world would you like to live in in, in a video game? It's like still kind of about games. Right, right. Yeah, I was I really know. worried about this. Like, oh, are we just giving it to the, the silly food questions all the time? But over the last 12 months... We are exactly 50-50, according to Buff and Crumb's data. Mm. Wow. For we are games. fair and balanced. Fair, absolutely. And it's fun I to see. I think it really depends on who's on the podcast, too, on what side it falls on. Yeah, I think so. Since you let most people on the podcast pick the questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they give a breakdown of the subject, which is very funny. So subject uh, is food. By the way, there's a link to this data if you want to see it uh, in the description below. But the subjects are food, video games, life, life, miscellaneous, entertainment, food, miscellaneous, uh, life, uh, all the good stuff that's important. There's, there's a good healthy amount of life uh, as the category in here for question of the week. So that's nice to see at least. Uh, Muffin Crumb says, yeah, I made a graph. Uh, it turns out over the last six months, there's been less winners focusing on video games apparently so we're shifting that direction if you want to track that over the last six months but for the full year it's exactly 50 50 note that some of the questions didn't really have a subject so i put those in miscellaneous anyways enjoy p.s thank you for putting timestamps in the podcast our pleasure <laughs> muffin crumbs thanks so much for listening this is amazing all these pie charts yeah, yeah mm -hmm. what category will this question be when it wins? 
Yeah. <laughs> People are going to start gambling on it. Yeah, it's going to short out. Like, okay, it's, it's, it's Sarah's on the podcast. Uh, this is a life question. Yep. Put your life questions in. <laughs> uh, Chandler writes in, Ness, if you were big movie stars, would you do your own stunts? I yeah. want to say yes. That just seems like too much work. So you wouldn't even try it once? Well, it's like, why would I do that when I could like sit in my trailer and play Pokemon? Right, and right. someone else could do it. Pride? It's just like, less like, time that I would have to work. Yeah. It's like, if the, if the stunt was like uh, skydiving or something, then yes, because that seems like a cool thing to do. But uh, I, 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 again, kind of a, a plank check reference. It's like the, the Brendan Fraser mummy thing yes. I did not know and scared me where it was like, oh, yeah, he did his all, all his own things where he like fell down the stairs and stuff. And then by the third movie, he like couldn't move. And right. so it's like, yeah, you don't it, stun people train for a really long time to be able to fall down the stairs. And I don't. Uh, so, yeah, if it's just scary, I think I would want to. But if it's like you're going to hit yourself really hard, then no, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking the other day. I don't um, don't tell anybody, but I don't really like actors. <laughs> like, I think it's just it's kind of a gross profession. And it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, podcasters ben doesn't like to be deceived <laughs> yeah they're all liars they're just lying to us over and over again ben, they're just a bunch of liars but I, I was thinking about that like i'd like to hang out on a set at some point like in an actor like, well, actors but yeah but i don't Move i just don't want to like <laughs> i just don't want to do the acting part but like sitting around and like talking to the crew and stuff like i like that then i realized like oh i guess that was just like my old life as a video producer so maybe that's why i liked it but Perhaps. just get that acting out of there um, being a stunt person is the first job I can remember wanting, like before Ooh. I knew really what it entailed. Just being a kid and like throwing my body around for a laugh brought me a lot of joy. And I felt like I was good at it. And I feel like probably all kids are because their bodies are little bounce balls. <laughs> <laughs> did you then? But yeah, play? If my life went that direction. I would, wow. I would love to do stunts. Did you ever play Stuntman in PS2? Yeah. Well, that's cool it. Game. Man. Cool game. I it wasn't into the driving though. Right, I get it. Uh, Halea Kashishki writes in and says, "Hey, by the way, in a previous episode, the question was asked, what do you call a group of gamers?" The answer is a LAN. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is good. That is a good name. Uh, let's see. Tony the Swordsman says, "Yo, did anyone actually write in the notes section for the in-game manuals?" Sarah, yes, you're all I in did. on that. Yeah. Yeah, I did a fair well, bit of well. Specifically, I wrote in the Animal Crossing one, the mm. original Animal Crossing, because there was all these passwords to get furniture. You would just send Tom Nook a letter with the passwords in it, and he would send you an article of furniture. And that's how I paid off my loans. So I have, like, the passwords for the most expensive wow. pieces of furniture that I could resell to Tom Nook. I love that. Cool. And that's how I beat the game. Nice. Yeah, I still have, um, like, last time I went home, I found my Game Gear copy of Echo, Tides of Time. Is that the name? Um, but then there's like a note section in the back and it's full of password, but then it's also just filled with a bunch of drawings of Echo. It's really into Echo as a kid. It's quite a cool thing. That you drew? Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Do you stuff. still have them? I think so. I think still have some you gotta weird share Echo that. drawings. You're right. You're as right. as a kid, I loved reading game manuals so much that when I would get to the back and it'd be notes, I'd be like, Ugh, I thought there was more to read. Like <laughs> yeah. I wanted I wanted like yeah. more explanations of Well it's the like game's when you controls. get to the back of the book and it's like the author's like five chapters of just saying thank you to everyone and right, you're like, Hello, right. I thought there was more book here. Hello. 
Now I like that, though. It's like when when I'm reading a book and I see that the last like 40 pages are bibliography. Yep. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it feels like that when you have like you're watching a really long movie and you see the timeline. It's like, oh, my God. Then you realize, oh, no, it's just 20 minutes of credits. OK, it turns out this movie's not as long as that. Thank you, Disney Plus. Um, Yarf writes in and says, what do you all do after Thanksgiving dinner? Do you relax, get ready for a long drive back home, get ready for Black Friday or some other tradition? Sometimes I yarf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next question. Yeah, just relaxing. <laughs> just relaxing. Do you like Thanksgiving? I movies oh, I with used my cousins. To, oh, that's good. Yeah. Ooh, I used to go out for Black Friday and just kind of watch everybody else. I was more of a Black Friday observer. So you just walk by the lines and just eye people up yeah to see, like, see people when, getting trampled in yeah a that was when black friday moved to like 8 p.m on thanksgiving right i was in like northern wisconsin so it, it was always kind of more interesting and i would go with my aunt and my mom and we would get starbucks and then like walk through the target and you would just see people like rolling by with like two tvs in their cart and like you'd look around and you'd be like oh that's an interesting deal like i didn't know i needed a pair of boxer briefs with a xbox game controller 50 percent <laughs> off interesting i think maybe maybe that's how everybody convinces themselves to go for black friday is like i'm just like, i'm, I'm just, just looking look. yeah i'm not actually interested in doing it I, uh, i'm a big fan of the the walk between dinner and dessert I think that's, mm, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm. like you, you eat all you eat all your your stuffings and turkeys and go on a walk and then come back and eat pie. It's going to jog in place mm. for a while. You feel a little bit healthier. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's nice and cold and you're warm from eating. Yeah, that does sound nice. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Hope everyone's having a good Thanksgiving out there. Let us know right in if you're listening to this podcast, you have headphones in at the Thanksgiving table, too. We think that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, thanks to us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Out loud right now. Ramses <laughs> Garcia writes in and says, Better quest goal for me. I'd like to be better at budgeting my playing time so I can be a good husband and boyfriend. Hmm. That's nice. Do you think that's just, so that just means being strict? Well, how do you read that, Leo? Do you think that's Ramses being like, what, two hours a day or something, trying to just have a hard limit like that? Yeah, or maybe like scheduling it so they both know, like, I want to, this amount of gaming is what I want in my life to be happy. Right. I want to do it at this time and we can hang out at this time. It's not that hard. And then Ramsey Garcia also says, another better quest goal I have is to complete my home theater. I have a 70 inch TV, black lights and 5.1 surround sound. Now Ramsey, see, that's not I don't know. Terrible. You finished that. You're not going to be only playing yeah. an hour a day. You can't do it. You have to have the crappiest setup possible so that you can be a better husband and boyfriend, please. Uh, wait a minute. Good husband and boyfriend. Now I'm confused. <laughs> Anyways, Mick Mulga- I mean, yeah, if he's balancing multiple women, you are going to have to cut down on your gameplay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Randy, we need more info. Uh, Mick Manga writes in and says, I have my first Better Quest goal ever. Jurassic Park is my second favorite movie. Number one is Nausicaa, of course. Um, of course. Um, uh, however, I've never read the original Jurassic Park novel, so my goal is to actually sit down and read it in a few months' time. I've heard it's pretty different, so I'm looking forward to broadening my appreciation for Jurassic Park. It is different. It is fun. It... It flies, too. If you've never read Jurassic Park out there, everybody, uh, you should read it. Sarah, that book flies. There's a bunch of dinosaurs in it. You'll love it. And it's scary. You just, it's a zero to 100. <laughs> and <laughs> the last, pages. like, 50 pages are all the What chapter do the dinosaurs so. break out? <laughs> Honestly. Is it like chapter two? I don't think chapter they one? get to the island until maybe, like, 100 pages in. But it's, like, it's a bunch of, like, teases of, like, just dinosaur attacks because they're like sneaking out to the mainland and stuff and like eating babies' faces off. Like, there's cool stuff in that book. It's awesome. pretty cool. Have you read it, Leo? I couldn't finish it in high school. Oh, it was too too fast for you? 
Yeah, I kept accidentally finishing it. Crab Palace writes in and says, Avatar is overhated. I think that's right. But if Avatar 2 is the highest grossing film of the year, I will scream. And then Crab Palace says, how lucky are we that our highest budget games are challenging the status quo? Like The Last of Us Part 2 and Elden Ring. And how much longer can it last? Interesting question, Crab Palace. So it's like things... What status quo is being challenged by Elden Ring? I I think that's a fair point to bring up Elden Ring as a bold, different type of game that's very hard and cryptic and does not hold your hand. I think there's a ton I, of stuff. I guess Elden Ring. I you know what I I heard status quo as uh, political, but just just oh. the status quo of what games are popular. Why does everything have to be political with you, Jacob? Because that's what status quo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's more in the game de- design sensibility, right? And like, it's interesting to bring up Last of Us Part 2 and Elden Ring, which, yeah, I think are different games, and it's cool that those games that are so bold um, are so successful, but then, you know, you think of Call of Duty, I mean, it's absolutely going to be the best-selling game of the year, and it's been the best-selling game for the last, uh, I don't know, decade and a half or so every single year. Um, so you gotta factor that in, but I think Crab Palace is just, if I'm trying to read the tone too much, it seems like uh, the big popular stuff is easy and lame and I'm worried that video games are going to be shifting more and more to that direction instead of having originality being profitable which it seems like can still happen in a big way in the game yeah industry. well it's like I feel like that's probably just discounting that Call of Duty FIFA and Madden are like the best selling games every year yeah you know it's like they're just not talked about that much also look I think The Last of Us 2 is a a cool and challenging game in many ways. It's also like if you look up AAA in the dictionary, it looks like The Last of Us 2. So I kind of don't, you know, it's like a hyper realistic, very violent over the shoulder third person game. It's like that's Zombie that's game. just what expensive looks like in games. Yeah, yeah. There's still enough in there, though. We're, we are, we're on the same page. We respect that game. We respect that game. You know, yeah, it's I, like, I, hey, top earning movie this year, Top Gun Maverick. You know, that that challenges the status quo. You didn't know they could fly a jet like that. Hell yeah. I, I will be grateful forever that indie games keep uh, challenging the status quo and doing interesting things there. But yeah, I would hate to see AAA games go more towards the quote unquote status quo because I feel like I've lost love for that whole concept over the past few years because of that exact reason, feeling like it is too much of a expected thing. I do worry about, I worry deep down, Leah, about your experience with God of Ragnarok if you do play it, because I think, I think there's a lot of that stuff that would drive you nuts about, like, characters telling you the solution to the puzzle before you even are understanding what you're looking at in terms of the puzzle. It's a lot of that kind of pushing you along. Please enjoy the game. Please keep going. Please keep going. And, you know, I think that'd be frustrating for, for your type of gaming, you know, I've heard habits. good things about the story, and if the story's good, that'll take it a long way for sure. But, yeah, yeah you, you better hope Sony doesn't uh, give me a code I'm waiting for. <laughs> Uh, Christian Jimenez writes in and says, Hi, twins versus doppelgangers. Why is it that twins... Hang on, Sarah's already wincing. Why is it that twins like having someone that looks like them, but if you run into someone... But if you run into someone that looks like you, it feels weird and strange. Who said I really like that someone looks exactly like me (laughs) and they can't tell us apart? Also, this is such an insane question. (laughs) Why do you like when you're related to someone and you're similar to them? I'm I'm sorry, nobody... I wasn't given a choice. So, uh, if if you could snap your fingers, you would make your sister, who's your twin, look completely different? She does look completely different. Oh, okay. So it's not. It's People not. People literally don't twins. think we're related. They always <laughs> thought that I wasn't my parents' child. 
<laughs> they were like, oh, did you take your your daughter's friend out to Applebee's? And my mom's like, no, that one's mine too, actually. They're twins, actually. Um, yeah. So oh, you're no, saying... I hate that. Uh, I the moment... Oh, yeah? When, it, when someone goes, oh, is your sister older or younger than you? That's the moment where I decide if I want to lie or not because I don't want to have a longer conversation. Uh, mm. How often do people bug you about the twins thing? How often do you talk about it in your life? Well, I mean, it's not really a big deal anymore now that we're not in the same, you know, school in the same grade doing the same things anymore. Right. It's a lot easier. Yeah. But it's like there's always that moment when you're like meeting someone for the first time and they're asking about your background. And then like and then when they find out I'm a twin, they're like, oh, my God, do you look alike? Yeah. And I'm like, no, sorry. And they're like, did you do that thing where you switch? No, sorry. Like, so do you, you say, like the same things? No, sorry. You, you get like no fun benefits of the twin thing. Just being fraternal. Twins. No, it's just, I don't even get my own birthday. Yeah. Every a, every year on that day, I have to go say happy birthday to somebody else. You can choose yeah. a new birthday. Can't you just kind of rearrange it? Yeah, just move it. Yeah, why not? No it's the gonna... day after. Yeah, the better one. The other mm -hmm. one's just kind of a prelude to the real one. Um, Jacob Geller, do you stand by this idea that Christian Humanist <laughs> throws out there that, what, you, that, you, that you like twins, being... <laughs> but that if someone looks like your doppelganger, you hate it? I mean, I don't think I hate it. The thing is that people just, if, like, if you have dark hair and a beard and are fairly prominent online people will just send you people who look nothing like you but have dark hair and a beard and be like i thought this was you well um, i think you need to bite your tongue because christian also literally says is it just me or does jacob look like Giannis philopakis from foals <laughs> it's a spanish sahara music video it's a reference everybody God, understands just making things up i'll send a link to um, to just so you understand and the answer is yes I, jacob does look like them I've got um, uh, young Scorsese does kind of look like me. Both, uh, both short kings. Okay, um, all right. But and, and no, it's like it's, it's not weird to like it when you look like someone you're related to, <laughs> and not like it when it's a stranger. Because they're a threat to your genes, so I think it's baked into our soul. I think it is interesting. Yeah, it's it's. It, I don't know what the reaction would be if I agreed that I looked like someone versus yeah, just the unsolicited. People well, it's like, and how often do you see like a true, true doppelganger? Like, there's that rare. thing with Will Ferrell and like what the Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer. No, I haven't seen. Do that. you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Where it's like, I feel like most times people are not that close. No, but then sometimes it's it's really you know it's really something, and then it looks uh, scary. Hang on, I need to look at. Good lord, <laughs> I've never seen this. <laughs> That's weird. And they were on, yeah, some late night show together then. That's really right. bizarre. It's fun. Uh, all right, what do y'all like for a question of the week? Uh, there's the twins one, uh, the notes and manuals, the question of the, the week data the one. one. where they watched all our episodes from the past year and counted them up. And it's pretty good. Them. I like the one about uh, entertaining streams, though. Uh, Sarah, how are you feeling? I'm down for that one. I'm down for whatever. You can't just say I'm that. I'm a cool girl. <laughs> hey, man, this girl's cool. She can hang. Uh, Leo, what are you thinking? Yeah, great. I think that is a good question. What makes a good stream? Oh. We all take it for granted, you know? it's We don't often interrogate it. Well, there we go. I learned a lot. There we go. Tyler Sticka, everybody. Congratulations. You just won the Mega Man X Legacy cartridge from I Am 8-Bit. Thanks, everybody, for writing in and supporting us over on Patreon there. Now it's time for something that, don't forget, is called Get a Load of This. 
All right, we've got it. Uh, Sarah, what do you got? <laughs> I found out that there's a secret on all Samsung phones. If you go into the phone pad and you type in star pound zero star pound, it opens up the dev tools. You can't really see that, but they're there. Uh. And then if you click on to, let's see, sensor, and then you click on the image test, there's a chihuahua. That's Every Samsung phone has this chihuahua on it. And that's... And you can... That's good. Look at that. That's a pretty good... I didn't put that on there. It's in every... It's like the U2 There's album. There's a chihuahua on every Samsung phone. Look at it. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. Uh, Leo, you got one? Well, Sarah took mine. Sorry. <laughs> I... Uh, sorry, might get a little... This is an hour and a half YouTube video. It's called Disney Channel's Theme, A History Mystery yes. by Defunct Land. Uh, put it on your TV and watch it like a movie with a loved one. It's absolutely incredible. It's a deep dive on the four notes that play at the end of the Disney Channel stingers and why we can't find who wrote that. Oh, my God. I love that. What an odd thing. It's so... Ben, the production values are so good. Really? Like, just just in terms of, like, like damn, they got motion graphics for this. Like, they did they did something in, you know, Blender. I love that. Yeah, uh, there's 3D sets that I thought were real life at first. Weird. Um, hey, get a lot of this, everybody. Sarah, remember a couple episodes back when we were in the studio and we are talking about um, games for elderly people or games starring elderly yes. people? Um, and I think we talked about Wii Sports and how it's so popular in old folks' homes and stuff during that. Mm -hmm. um, somebody DM me. It's actually Nick, who's the designer of Pick And you wanted Pop. to go into every old folks' home and see if they had a Wii. That's right. I wanted to kick the doors down. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Nick, the designer of Pick Pack Pup on the Playdate, DM me this uh, video from, is it France or Germany? I sent it to you in Slack real quick, but it's, they took Wii Sports and made it into like an eSports thing. So these elderly people are just like in an eSports arena and the crowd is going nuts watching these people bowl. And it is uh, just delightful. Uh, great work over there, Europe. Uh, so there's a link below if you want to check that out. Uh, you got one, Jacob Geller? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, mine is a uh, two hour, 45 minute podcast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the Doughboys podcast, um, but they recently had one of the hosts of that, Mike Mitchell, on a podcast that I hadn't listened to, which was the the Sloppy Boys, which is like his old improv team. But they just uh, they they talk about like cocktails uh, and and life and stuff. But it's truly just, you know, if if you like to listen to a podcast that's friends hanging out uh this one is the best one because they've all been friends for a very long time. But there's this thing that I just keep laughing at and I haven't been able to like get out of my head, which is that they tell a story about one of them trying to yell, bring down Doritos while like kind of drunk and having a mouthful of food. And so what he said was <laughs> ring dong Doringos. <laughs> and I just can't stop saying ring dong Doringos. Yeah. I think it's the funniest phrase. That's it. And um, that means so that anyway, you're uh, now friends the Sloppy with Boys. Sloppy Boys podcast. Links below for all this fun stuff. Uh, Forest with two R's in the Discord and the whole Get A Load of This channel. Uh, Forest with two R's shares uh, a link to a tweet, which is pointing out the credits for Pentiment and the fact that Pentiment had an Italian hand gesture consultant. And they are <laughs> listed in the credits for Pentiment, which is an amazing title overall. Uh, all right. 
I think that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening and sharing and all that great stuff. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff happening on our YouTube channel and in the bonus podcast feed is the big Thanksgiving Jokeathon, where Leo Vader and Jeff Cork and Jeff Marchiafava and I each wrote 20 jokes about gaming in 2022, and then the community also wrote uh, 20 jokes about gaming in 2022. Um, and then we combined it and randomized it. So if you like people reading mediocre jokes for the first time and trying to wrap their brain around it as they're reading it out loud, um, that video is for you. How'd you feel like How you did? How do you think it com oh, 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 sorry. Oh, Leo, oh, sorry. Can someone else ask us that question so Leo and I can sit back and not ask it to each other? Wait, have you, you've already recorded it? Yeah, it's already up. How, like, if you edited together all the seconds of Dead Air, uh, how long <laughs> do you think it would be? <laughs> It'd be, like, as long as one of your Disney Channel videos, Leo, um, I think. Uh, it's not Dead Air because yeah. it has the music playing. But, uh, <laughs> that's right. And it we're is, nodding, so Supercut would be entertaining. There's a lot of somebody telling a joke that's a 4 out of 10 and then quiet nodding. Uh, so one one, one, one point better than the Marvel game. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, there were, we, we'd be self-deprecating about it for good reason, but it's there were some really good laughs. Yeah, so. it is always really, really fun. And again, I'm just a sucker for that format of like, oh, you're just going to sit back and tell me a bunch of mediocre jokes, I will never look away. I, I could do that all day. It's delightful. Yeah, I was re-listening to a previous years in preparation and to like get a reminder of the format and stuff. And it's so hard to stop. It's <laughs> so know. hard to pause it. It's just like another joke is coming and it could be good. <laughs> it's not, but it could be. <laughs> uh, Skinner box of just like keep pushing the button. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's it. So if you want to not be satisfied, check out the Thanksgiving joke video on MinMax's YouTube channel. Also, yeah, the deepest dive in God of War Ragnarok. We're finishing that sucker off. Uh, so you can submit your final thoughts on the game's ending and all that fun stuff on Monday. If you're a Patreon supporter, even at that $2 tier, you can jump over there, submit your thoughts. We'll read it on the air, and you can also unlock the podcast version of that discussion because it's a beast. Um, also, Party Chat, our Patreon-exclusive podcast. If you support us at that $5 tier, you also you know, you get access to this show, the MinMax show, one day early and an ad-free version of it. Um, and then also you get access to the podcast version of The Deepest Dives, and then also you get access to Party Chat, which is a bonus podcast we do each and every week. Uh, this week, we talked about Warzone 2. We talked about uh, Andor. A lot of fans out there buzzing about Andor, so that's where our Andor conversation is. It's in Party Chat. We talk about changes to the Deepest Dive formula, go behind the scenes, all that fun stuff. And of course, we talk about Clerks 3. Of course, we had to do the review there, so check out Party Chat. And then again, uh, Trivia Tower, everybody. The big new episode of Trivia Tower is going to be us going against the Easy Allies community. Our dear friends over there at Easy Allies. And that's Monday, November 28th at 8 p.m. Central. So if you're in the Patreon, if you join the Patreon into that $2 tier, you can jump in and compete in game trivia. You can win an Astro A40 headset, which is worth hundreds. We also have a ton of game codes to give away, stuff like Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, um, Neon White, Stray, Little to the Left, God of War Ragnarok. We have a ton of game codes to give away and just jump in and compete. You will have a fun time. And the nice thing is you can support MinMax at any tier on Patreon, or you can support Easy Allies at any tier on Patreon, and you'll also get access since it's combining the communities. So if you're on the edge of supporting somebody on Patreon and it just happens to be Easy Allies, that's fine. But we want to see you there for Trivia Tower anyway. Leo Vader, how you What doing? do you say to people who say, I don't want to compete, I'm just going to lose? I'm scared. Um, I say that even then, I feel that way about bar trivia, you know? But you know what? It's a fun time. Like, it, it will get your adrenaline pumping. It is a fun event, and I wish I didn't have to host it because I wish that every month there was an event like this that I could just jump in, have a good time, 
and then always have just like those jokes that carrot on the stick of like, I think I can win this thing. I think, and also Leo, let me go on about Trivia Tower because here's another thing about Great. it. You don't have to be an expert in every game. Like it just, it just takes one question to get you out of that first round in particular. Just, if you just happen to play a lot of the bonkers game on Sega Genesis, just some random thing. You never know what knowledge of video games will come in handy in that. And you just get one question and then you're, then you're home free. Then you're out of that first round. So it's not like you need to be an expert. You just got to know one game and everybody listening to this, I'm guessing, you know, one game pretty well. And that's really all you need. If it just happens to be the right game, you know, Ray Luaza in the chat says two times champion here. I lucked my way to victory both times. That's not true. Ray Luaza is uh, a monster and needs to be defeated. And maybe they will be by the easy allies community this Monday. Everybody check it out. Uh, Sarah, what do you got going on? Is this like a plug situation? Yeah, sure. Uh, I would like to plug Kelsey's mom's cooking channel on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Dana's Kitchen, who I have been watching on and off prepare a lovely Thanksgiving meal oh. for her family. Do you think it it's, looks delicious? Is it too late for us to fly down to Texas and join them? I think it is. Well, mm. I, they're still cooking, so who knows? Yeah, we uh, we played but clips of Dana's it. Dana's Kitchen. Yeah, we watched it. If you're at the backstage past here, you can watch the unedited version of this podcast where the first 15 minutes were just all about Dana's Kitchen. <laughs> She's Twitch got like channel. five camera setups. It's like, amazing. It looks, the quality is high. Yeah, we look like schmucks. Um, Jacob Geller, you have a new uh, video about immortality, right? Yeah, you still don't understand immortality after Leo and I thoroughly uh, broke it down. That's well, me. I've got another video uh, that you can watch, um, and I, I think it's good. Uh, I got I got a little DM from Sam Barlow. So, really? Uh, wow. feeling, feeling cool there. Actually, oh he told God, me... slipping into your DMs! He told me some extra info, which is like, it's about a licensed song, and he was like, it really came down to the wire whether we were going to have, like, the money and permission to have that licensed song in there, but I wrote the script that way, and so I really wanted it. Oh, that's nice. So, that was awesome. neat. And um, I'm not saying that this is what we submitted for the Game Awards, just to be clear. But for the Game Awards process, we were judges this year, which was a real honor. And so everybody filled out an anonymous Google form. And then I kind of hive-minded them, and that was kind of going into it. And it was a surprise, I will say, based on just the Google form submissions that I received. I think Immortality is going to be a, be a bigger talker during the Game of the Year discussion than I think a lot of people are bracing for, based on, I think, some people in this group and their strong opinions on it. Um, Leo, you got anything going on, man? Hi, I have a new video go up on uh, Patreon.com slash Leo Vader that I uh, like. I think is a fun video. I'm reacting to comments in pre-production. I watched this video. It was great. Thank you. Sweet. Yeah. Be the first on your block to know what my next video is about. There we go. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you being here again. If you want to help support us at that $2 tier, you can get us to stream that cozy holiday feast. As you're full, let us also be full and give us a basically... It's like a bonus episode of Min Snacks, everybody, except it's going to be silly and it's going to be a lot of fun. And the chef. We won't be able to eat unless we get to eat this dinner. That's right. We're on a hunger strike until we get 100 more mm -hmm. Patreon supporters. So please help us out. Thank you. And thank you to our game champion supporters at $50 tier for choosing any game under the sun. Clayton Myers is the champion of Burnout 2 Point of Impact. Hell yeah. Nice. Patrick Polk is the champion of Bayonetta 3. Don't you forget it. Clemens Zobel is the champion of Eternal Sonata. What a great choice. And Ooh, I like that game. Dominic Sochoki is the champion of Disaster Day of Crisis. Truly a horrific sounding game title but a very funny game so congratulations <laughs> on being the champion there Dominic's jokey and that's it for this episode happy holidays everybody we'll be back next week be good have fun let's go let's go